2: go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.
0: From behind home plate, your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk.
1: Today on the show, we'll discuss the Orioles and their struggles with pitching. Also, they are struggling on offense and they're actually also struggling on defense as well. All that and more on this edition of Section
0: 336. Section six, six, three, three, six, six, Buckle up, birds. Be ready to ride. Your host, Max Shots of Bird, are ready to fly. Baltimore's best. Section 336. The number one sports broadcast. Get your fix. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck. Our favorite Oreos. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and store. This is trip.
2: Stay tuned in at 3.36.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I'm your endearing, stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka.
2: Hey, Matt. How's it going?
1: Good. I'm a little mad we, uh, Bert's not here today. Who cares? I'm a little mad we, that we didn't get to uh, do our 60 minutes intro because I had this. Here's my opening question. My opening question was: Alex Cobb struggled in his first start with the Orioles. Is this a sign of things to come, or can we just chalk his first start up to clearing away the cobwebs?
2: You, you know, I'm at least proud of you for not going with a corn on the cob reference. That's a pretty good. Every, everyone going, though, right? That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I have not heard the cobwebs yet. It's
1: because his name is Alex Cobb. Right?
2: Can it's we cobwebs. bring Cobbwebs? Can we bring a web back? To the Orioles and have a little cobweb, but with going back to back, Ryan Webb come in to relief. Alex Cobb, which yeah, was, was, exactly was Ryan, was Webb the guy who was allergic to ice? I didn't know there was a guy allergic to ice. Yeah, we, a couple years ago we had a guy in the bullpen who was allergic to ice. Not oh, that not, sounds like not water, our, just our ice. strawberry board.
1: Yeah, how, yeah, I don't know how that works,
2: and I don't know how he would like. Would he not Maybe be he allowed to the
1: steam as well, or just uh, just ice?
2: Just ice, and I'm guessing he must not be able to play baseball this year because there's been way too many games like in the snow, in the ice. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: like, what well, what happens if it's if it's sleeting outside? Does he have to like? Does he do all Wicked Witch of the West and is melting, melting? I when when there's I don't know,
2: a sleeting outside. I'm not sure. That'd be sad. Um. You' gonna bash the uh, players again for wearing these hoods. They're all wearing the hoods and masks because it's all it's it's freezing every day. Oh my
1: gosh! Give me a break. And I, I think honestly, I think there is something connected with wearing all this gear and not being able to hit a baseball. I mean, it's baseball is all about having that quick bat. We saw Trayman seedy hit hit home run to tonight's to an game, and Jim Palmer's talking about his quick bat. You can't teach that. You if you want to slow down a bat, put it on about fifty layers and then and then try 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 to swing a baseball bat. Not only that, you watch, like, these are professional athletes. I get the fans all covered up. up with blankets or whatever. I mean, you, you watch the NFL. You go into to Lambeau Field, negative 30 degrees, people in short sleeves. Like, right. it's nothing. Here, it's 30 degrees in Boston, and people are, act, are acting like uh, this is the ice stage back, and they are a bunch of Eskimos running around. I think right. it's ridiculous how much they suit up.
2: And you know that there's heaters in the dugout. Oh, yeah. The, so, the- it's just
1: when they're – have to play it on the field,
2: right? Though so right. this
1: might also explain because the Orioles apparently a bunch of pansies with all their layers. Maybe this is why they strike out so much because they're just like, I want to go back to the dugout. Let me just hurry up and, and swing at three pitches, or in Chris Davis's case, swing at two and take one, and then get back to to the bench so I can stay warm again. May- maybe that's why they're striking out so much because they're striking out with any other team in baseball, and it's not even close. You it- know in it, 12 yeah. games this year, I'm sorry, I'm just going off. No, go ahead. This, but this you... is, 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 it sickens me. And uh, 12 games so far, how many games we've had? 16? In 12 of them, they've struck out 10 or more times. That means they're striking out over once an inning 10 or more times this year. That's ridiculous. Against this old man, Larry Anno tonight, they've already struck out like seven times. Yeah. It's unbelievable to watch. Yeah. And they... you know, I wouldn't even care about striking out, but when you don't score runs and you strike out, it just looks really bad. All right, I'm done for
2: a second. Yeah. Um and I know I know there's lots of hatred on Chris Davis and him being useless and all, but he's not even leading the club in the strikeouts. Yeah. He's not so, he's not performing. He's not get he's hitting the ball, it's it's just not landing, but he's when you're yelling about strikeouts, you gotta yell at every member of this team except for maybe Trey Mancini and Manny Machado. Those yeah, are the only guys hitting maybe, the ball.
1: And Pedro Alvarez too. Uh, because here are the rest of the numbers. Um Jonathan Scope before he got hurt about two thirty. Adam Jones, 221. Uh, Santander, 190. Beckham, 175. Davis, 132. Valencia, 130. Caleb Joseph, point zero nine seven. So, I mean, it's not one or two guys. And everyone's hating on Davis, but you're right. It's... it's, right. it's
2: Before tonight, Davis had... Eight, right. Before tonight, Davis had 18 strikeouts. Which is fourth in the Orioles, which is crazy. Jonathan Scope has had 19. Adam Jones has had 19. Uh, Beckham, who guys are asking for Beckham to lead off, he has 24 strikeouts.
1: Yeah, Beckham's been really bad this year. He's really struggling. Uh, and uh, But but tonight, like this is, I think today, is a good example of why people don't like Buck Showalter. This man can drive you crazy. Like this game makes perfect sense to as bench. a game that you bench. Chris Davis. Yeah. Uh, Francisco Lar- 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 Lariano has great numbers against lefties. Chris Davis is like one for 12 in his history against Lariano. And so this is a perfect game to bench Chris Davis. I think we Buck Showalter has to come to grips with. He's not – he, he you, you have to platoon him sometimes. He's not a 155 type of – Type, type of guy. He's not playing 155 games. He should play in, in 120 games, 110 games.
2: All right. And my, so
1: every opportunity you have to bench him against a lefty, a good lefty who gets lefties out,
2: I think you should bench him. Then my counter argument to that would be uh, one, you're not going to bench, you're not going to platoon a guy that you're paying that amount of money. I, I, I want to go so far as platoon, but I'm
1: just saying if you have a really good lefty right. who gets the, you have bad numbers, uh, bench him.
2: All right. Then here's my argument for tonight. You're, you're putting him in there because you need the defense. You need a guy who's actually playing the position he belongs at and can play it well. That would be the I reason. Don't, I, because if I don't think there's that
1: much drop-off if, between Trey Mancini playing first, Chris Davis playing first. I don't think there's a big drop-off.
2: But but once you put Trey Mancini there, you're then putting – uh, who are you putting then in, in left field? I guess Santander. Santander. So you, you put got, Gentry
1: on one side, Santander on the other. Right. So you does. got
2: Sant – Okay. But then in the infield, you've got Mancini. Uh, uh, who's the guy they just brought up? Oh, uh, the... Um, uh, S- 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 Salma? S- uh, Salma? Something like that. Then you got Machado. Then you got Beckham. You'd have an entire infield of guys out of Sadania. position. That's it. Sadania. Yeah. You'd have an entire infield of guys who haven't played that position much. So I think that's why you're leaving Davis in there. Um
1: Okay, well, but, he, but the the result is he's gonna look like the fool against Francisco Liriano, and people are gonna hate him. More. Even though it's not again, like that's I put tonight's struggles not on Chris Davis at all. I put on Buck, Buck Showalter, and everyone else is not hitting either. But people just remember Chris Davis because of the price tag and because of his history.
2: Sure, sure, and and that's the big thing with Chris Davis is the history. I cannot understand how the shift happened in baseball and suddenly you're dead at the the plate. That you cannot beat the shift. If there was anything going into this offseason that we knew Davis needed to work on, it was to beat the shift to be able to bunt. And he doesn't do that. And I don't understand how you spend your whole offseason where you have one of your worst career years, and you come back and you do the exact same thing.
1: Well, I mean, in his defense, he's tried to lay it down a couple of bunts. I mean, I think everyone acts like a bunts an automatic hit. I I think uh, when someone's throwing curveballs with ladders and 95 miles per hour and you have to bunt it, not just any bunt, you have to get it right down that, that third base line. because the last time he bunted, I think the pitcher got it and threw him out. So you have to have a really good bunt. It's not enough to bunt. You have to have a really good bunt. So I think it's just a lot harder than than people well, give that credit for.
2: His last bunt, he was laying down a, a normal bunt and then he decided to make it a swinging bunt and try to hit it down the first baseline. Don't know what was going on there.
1: Oh, yeah, that that was awkward. I think that was with like two strikes too. Um but if you, if you look at it, 2015, after 2015, that's when he had his big year, and that's when he signed the contract, right? 2015 is when he had 47 home runs, yeah. um, batted 262, OBP of 361, played almost every game, played almost every, every at-bat. And then the next year, there was that immediate drop-off to bat 221, and he still had the 38 home runs, and this year he's going to have 26 home runs. I think people keep on bashing the contract. If he we thought worst case scenario, Chris Davis is hitting thirty eight and batting two twenty. We thought that was worst case scenario with Chris Davis. But we found out last year that that wasn't like that was not his floor. He could get, in fact, a lot worse. And this is and and I thought at the time I thought this was an okay contract. Like I, I thought they spent too much, but I was right. happy to have Chris Davis. I was yes. gonna complain about not my money. I wasn't gonna complain about it, uh Santa Chris Davis. But I knew, and we all knew accepted that there would be bad years at the end of this contract. The scary thing is, though... It's bad years at the top. Yeah, this is only year three, and the bad years are already happening. This is 32 years old. This is supposed to be him in the good years. Right. So what's going to happen in two years when we're watching this? I mean, that's going to be the
2: real ugly stuff. Right. I remember seeing year one and year two and saying, okay, this isn't horrible, but it's not. you're not loading up on the top side. If you give me the way you're playing now in year one for seven years, it's okay. Even year two, you did okay. The strikeouts were higher than we wanted. But I wasn't going to complain too much thinking all I need is one of these years for you to break out and be back to that big year. The problem is that year three seems so far to be worse than year one and year two. And if if the drop-off started on year one, that's a problem.
1: Yeah, and and, and this is – it has been a fall because he was good in 2012. He was great in 2013. 2013 was probably his best year. Um, and then he was he was great in 2015, uh, and, and 2016 has gone down. 2017 was even worse. And 2018 is shaping up to be even worse. And he's putting Buck Showoff and his team in an awkward position. I mean, he's making that much money, so he'll continue to right. play. I mean, he'll continue to play, and I guess he'll continue to play every day. But if he continues to struggle like this, Buck's going to be put in a, uh, a tough and awkward position. Well,
2: and it's awkward because what do you do with him? How? Because you can't send him to Bowie and say let him work it out in Bowie because he'll go to Bowie and he'll crush the ball.
1: Well, I I mean, there's no way he goes to Bowie anyway. Like his contract won't let him.
2: Well, I mean, if he agreed to, all right, I've got something. Let me go down here and work on it. I mean, it it wouldn't. But it wouldn't make sense because you send him to the minors where guys aren't playing the shift and everything, and he's gonna crush the ball and look like he's great.
1: I don't think so. I think maybe he'll be embarrassed in double a too and strike out a bunch. But it's a lose-lose, right? Right. It,
2: yes. Yeah, when it's no, when, when it's th- a head game like this. Um, yeah, I saw uh, someone in the chat room, Scott Foster, in the, in the Facebook chat, was saying that Davis is like Josh Hamilton, as in it's all in his own head. Now, Josh Hamilton had off-the-field stuff going on. But it is a similar thing where a guy who was set up to be a superstar and just fell off the planet.
1: Yeah, I know we always go to that, that it's mental with him, it's head games. But when other players struggle, we don't necessarily go right to the head games. Why with Chris Davis do we immediately go to it's mental and head games when other players struggle because they struggle? Or maybe Chris Davis just got hot for a couple years and then he's just not that good of a player.
2: So he couldn't maintain that. You know why we go to the head games? Why? Because when was the the first time we saw him struggle was when they took the Adderall away from him.
1: Right. So, yeah. so that's
2: why we go with the head games. Yeah. Is is because we know he was on medicine to focus and now he looks like a, he's at the plate and he can't focus. So we have to assume there there's something going on.
1: Yeah, and when players struggle, like Tim Beckham, I was surprised by that 24 strikeout number cuz he's been bad, but it doesn't seem as bad. With Chris Davis it just looks worse. It feels like there's only three or four pitch at bats, like you only get three or four pitches right. before he strikes out. And if, um, why is this? Why does this happen? I feel like this is true. Like four out of five games, Chris Davis is the last out. I feel like just looking for the last out of a game. Somehow it's Chris Davis. He's right. going to manage the strikeout. There's going to be a runner on base, probably in scoring position, and he's going to be the last batter up and strikeout. I feel like that happens almost every game.
2: I think it's it's amplified because for so many years, like he was our hope, like he was the guy you wanted up as the last out. He was the guy you wanted to lead off an inning, and now it seems like he's always leading off innings. He's always ending games, and he's just he's watching pitches. I uh, I haven't looked up the stat for a number of pitches that guys have seen, but you're right. It seems like Chris Davis sees some of the fewest pitches. He either swings on the first strike and hits a fly ball straight to an outfielder, or he's or it's three strikes and he goes home. It it's it's you don't see him up there as a guy who battles. Which is the yeah. uh, which is the complete opposite of Trey Mancini. If you want to stay on offense for a little bit and go with something positive, Trey
1: Mancini has been really impressive. Yeah. Trey
2: Mancini, as a second-year player, has there was no sophomore slump or anything. He's leading this team well. He's moved into the leadoff position, playing really well and getting on base. And he's one of the guys you can count on to get up there and get hits.
1: Yeah, he reminds me a little bit of Manny, Manny Machado uh, last year at the beginning of the season when Manny Machado, it felt like he should be hitting 300 because everything he was hitting was like line drives, but then somehow it was always in the wrong spot right. or someone will always make a great play against them. Because I know, because Trey Mancini is, uh, is batting two, two, eighty six, but, I mean, he should be batting well over three hundred. He's, he's gotten and, robbed more this year than any other player on the team. Every ball that comes off his bat is a line drive. It's pretty fun to watch Trey Mancini play.
2: Yeah, and multiple home runs he's had robbed. Already, yeah. I mean, he they he just got one tonight, but before that he was in a drought. You would call it a drought, except it's because he kept getting robbed.
1: Yeah, I know a drought makes it seem like you're you're not hitting the ball hard or hitting it deep. Right. But but he yeah, but he is, and he, and he's fun to watch too because he goes up the middle a lot, and then teams will play him up the middle, and he'll go, he'll he'll pull it, and then he'll go opposite field. He just sprays. It's refreshing. He's like the anti Chris Davis. He doesn't strike out quite as much, and he spreads the ball everywhere. Uh, which is which is fun to see. No one can shift on Trey Mancini,
2: right? No, and that's exactly that's what you got to do in 2018 baseball. You have to spread the ball around there because of the shift, and it's why yeah, I, it's why I, people are leading the charge to try to say ban the shift or whatever because that's I've always been a fan of banning the shift. Right. Well, yeah, Chris Davis would love to ban the shift.
1: Every Oriole fan should be a fan of banning the shift and <laughs> make it illegal because it it hurts the Orioles. I think more than most. It,
2: it does. It does. But obviously you're not going to ban something like that. So what it is is we're seeing a multi-year players adjust. And it's where you're seeing, you're seeing it in, in uh, L.A. with Trout and you're seeing it in Washington with Bryce where once they get the two strikes, they, they are choking up on that bat and trying to just poke it in and poke it in. And they're, you're seeing the good baseball players adjust to the way they, they are at the plate now. Yeah,
1: a- I don't know how much shifting's going down in the in the minors, but if I'm if I'm a if I'm a, a manager or GM, I'm telling to my lefties, especially my, my lefties, because they tend to tend to shift with lefties more. I'm telling my lefties, like I'm not even calling you up if 70 percent of your balls go to the right side of the field. Like if you want to cut up to to the majors, you you got to be able to hit the ball to all parts of the field, or you're going to become fall victim of the shift. And I, I wonder if if this will happen, right? If players will adjust in the minors, learn to hit the opposite field. And so, in maybe in five, three or four years, after people have grown up with this shifting, that players will adjust, and the shift will no longer be as uh, as big of a deal as, as it is now.
2: Yeah, I don't. It won't be because as soon as people, it's if you think of anything in in sport, there's always a team that that figures something out, finds a little advantage, and then there's copycats, and everyone's doing it. And then what happens is the the defense. Or the offense, the other team, decide, figures out how to beat it, and then it's not that big of a deal. If you think in the NFL with the running quarterbacks a few years ago, where every team was starting to put out running quarterbacks and, and uh, follow Cam Newton's footsteps, and then the defenses dealt with it and figured out how to stop it, and then you, you no longer had the big years from RG3 and, uh, and the guy in Seattle and, and Kaepernick. Those guys went away. As far yeah, because either, either they were
1: hurt or because they didn't stand for the pledge. Yeah, that's that's a that, that's good. But for either either way, they're they're right. no longer playing as well. Right, uh, and so they have to do things like play baseball. Versus yeah. Tim Tebow, and I guess Russell Wilson realizes his time is is coming okay. to an end too, because Russell Wilson's over there playing for the Yankees or something.
2: Right, and and Kaepernick was kind of moved out before he he decided not to stand. He was already moved to a backup.
1: Hey, speaking, you brought up the NFL. Did you hear the? Um, do you see this going around on Twitter It's made me laugh You know there's the Stormy Daniels character Who's caught up in some drama with Trump I'm not really caught up Are you aware yeah. of this connection to the NFL?
2: I don't know her NFL connection, no
1: Okay, here's Boy. the connection to the NFL This is great the, uh, um, I guess they came out Someone threatened her she, she came out that someone threatened her and her baby uh, yes. before, if, if she said I,
2: Yeah, I saw that Someone came up and said uh, That's a really pretty girl It'd be a shame if something happened to her mother Something okay. like that. What, uh, I saw yeah, that on the news about today. Right.
1: And so the lawyer and her got together. Her lawyer got together with a sketch artist, and 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 they and they drew a sketch of the guy. And you should look up the, the, the sketch because it looks a little bit too much like Mr. Tom Brady. So I'm not saying that
2: Tom Brady was I just the guy. pulled it up. It's Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, it looks a little bit like Tom Brady right there. So I'm not saying Tom Brady did threaten Stormy Daniels. But I'm also saying that he didn't not threaten Stormy Daniels. There's
2: Tom Brady.
1: That's pretty spot on. That's pretty spot on. If you're watching live on Facebook, uh, uh, that's pretty spot on. That's Tom Brady. That's Tom Brady. We all know
2: Brady's a Trump guy, right?
1: Brady is a Trump guy. The connections here are all over the place. Um, So I I, I expect Brady to get jail time, and we'll see how this affects the Patriots if – Tom Brady does go uh, to jail for threatening Well, it's,
2: it's good. We can finally deal with that Belichick Brady drama and it'll just yeah. be settled
1: I mean it doesn't surprise anyone right because the Patriots are always at the shady deals, so it doesn't surprise me that Tom Brady deflating footballs um doing shady stuff on the field with Lyman running out for passes, and now you have him threatening some some woman and her child. It just it all adds up so, so you're saying
2: you're saying deflated footballs has something to do with with this. I'm saying it shows his character, uh, and
1: so someone who's capable of deflating football, uh, deflating a football, is someone's also capable of threatening a woman and her child. I'm just saying, it all adds up. Okay. All right, but all right. you brought it up because you brought the NFL. So for the record, you, right. you brought this discussion. You mentioned an NFL player.
2: Okay. Uh, you, you excited for RG three on the Ravens? Did we ever talk? Uh, we never talked about that.
1: Yeah, I do. I like. I like. If I was a GM, this is what I would do. I would hire big names as backups. Because he's never going to play anyway, right? So you might as well hire a big name to get everyone to talk, talking about him, and interest in the team.
2: That's been my argument for Tim Tebow for many years. That yeah. why wouldn't if you bought Tim Tebow to Baltimore, everyone would buy a Tim Tebow jersey.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's so. and so you think are they selling RG3 jer- jer- jerseys? I don't People think they're out yet,
2: but I guarantee. Uh, maybe do we need to make a a Section three thirty six RG three? Would sure. you
1: buy an RG three jersey?
2: No, no, I would not. I already have one quarterback that sucks jerseys. I got a Flacco jersey.
1: Yeah. I want to hear Bert's thoughts on this. Uh what 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 did Bert call him? a uh, a baby giraffe.
2: A baby giraffe. Yeah. Because yeah. he could never run the same after the Nada took him out. Yeah. I mean that's the best part about RG3 coming to, to town is that we're gonna to get to see the net Nada highlight all over again.
1: Yeah, it, it's going full circle. We ruined his career and we've reduced him to being a from from being one of the best players in the NFL, we reduced him to being a struggling backup who's kind of come back to our team after we destroyed him, it's like just total domination. Let's destroy right. you, watch your end career, go down the toilet, and then to rub salt in the moon, we'll hire you as our backup quarterback. Right, so
2: exactly. You know, that's I was cool. last week I was listening to uh, Chad Dukes versus the world on Washington 106.7 on on their version of the fan. Okay. And, and so Washington sports fans, Redskins fans, are excited about RG3 coming to the Ravens. You know Why? Why? Because I don't know why. Because the Ravens, I guess, play the Redskins for the Hall of Fame game, the preseason week four. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so they're it's excited that
2: because that's when they'll get to go up against RG three. Yeah, and and they think that that'll get to show that RG three is a, a horrible quarterback, and they can get their revenge in a preseason game that doesn't matter. Yeah, J- J-
1: Jacob commented in the chat room that this is. Um... This means we won't draft a quarterback in the in the draft. I I, I mean I I think the Ravens could still draft a quarterback in in the draft. I don't think this precludes them from doing it. I think RG three there there's a, a very distinct possibility that RG three does not make the opening day roster. Right?
2: Yeah, I don't. I, yes, very good chance he doesn't it doesn't make the opening day roster because it's weird to bring in a guy that doesn't fit in the same game plan as Joe Flacco. And training camp and and preseason, you always have th- at least three three
1: quarterbacks. Right. And so it's not. It wouldn't be unusual to draft somebody and then have rg Three, <laughs> um, but if a guy that they don't that they don't like anyone to draft, I guess he is. I don't.
2: I don't think they draft but a quarter. I don't know how we got it. We got into football talk. Yeah, we got uh, to get away. From I don't. Him, but. I don't think they draft a guy anyway because why would you let your coach who's on the hot seat draft a quarterback? It doesn't make any sense. You 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 figure if this season's a failure, Harbaugh's out and Flacco's out. So you let the new guy come in and draft whoever he wants to be link arms with. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> you want to get back to some Oriole talk? Yeah, I got a couple of things I want to touch on. All right. Um, all we've covered so far is the offense.
1: All right. So let's. I, I teased at the beginning. We'll also talk about the pitching. All right. So so so, so let's talk about the pitching. Right. Um, if you look at starter ERA, we're ranked 26th in baseball at 5.33. <laughs> And that's almost amazing. I saw that. I was like that's kind of amazing that our ERA for starters is 5.33. Um, because if you look at our at some of the the, the players on, on the team and their performance in our starters, you have Oz Cobb who has an ERA of 17. You have Chris Tillman who has an ERA of about 12. Kevin is well over 6. So it was right. made, it, it was amazing to me actually that our ERA was was in the fives because I thought it'd be for starting pitching, because I thought it'd be up in the well, seven, eighth, or nines.
2: Yeah. Um Well Bundy Bundy drags that down. Bundy's at less than two, right? He's at like one and a half.
1: Yeah, Bundy's been one of the best pitchers. I think he's ranked like number ten in, in 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 ERA in baseball. He's he's has one of the top wars in baseball. So um he's been great. And you're right, he is his his one point four oh and even Cashner with an ERA of two point five oh um, they've been the extremes, right? Like you yeah, have Kester's Bundy and Kester, who've been great, and then you've had Gossman and Tillman and Cobb, who've been terrible. And right. so these two, two the, the, these two extremes um, of either great or terrible, but it doesn't matter. Even Bundy, who is he's pitched well, but not well enough to get the wins. Right uh, now he's standing at zero and two, and, and, and so even if your offense d- d- does not perform, it doesn't matter how good your starting pitcher is, because clearly, because on his own, too, because he's got no run support.
2: Right. And we saw that last week where what was it, three or four quality starts rolled together without like with only one win out of them or something?
1: Yeah. And I would even argue those three or four quality starts, that's almost a bigger story at the beginning of the season because we've had play, we played some tough games with some good hitting teams. And we've always said if our pitching comes around, we'll be fine. And so that was really right. encouraging. And if you look at our kind of the the standings and the records of who of who we played this year so far, we've played six home games, 10 road games. The opponent's records of, of who we played so far have been 47 and 25 47 yeah. and 25 so is very our good opponent's records. great teams a uh, 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 four out of five of the teams we played so far have' been, were in the playoffs l- last year and so things will get schedule wise will get easier. and if Cashner's for real, because all the nerds told me Kashner sucked, so I don't know what to believe. Because all the nerds said Kashner sucked and he could never do what he did last year, but so far he, he's okay. doing it. Yeah, he had and a rough, Dylan,
2: rough first. He had his first start was rough. And, and if Dylan Bundy,
1: and if Dylan Bundy's an ace, which is great on two accounts. First, uh, it's great because he's we now have a great pitcher to, to lead off our rotation, and it's great secondly because I don't have to hear Oriole fans say over and over again we haven't had an ace since Mike Messina. Uh, And so we can get rid of that notion if Dylan Bundy. I thought going into the season, Oz Cobb was the best pitcher on this team. But based on how uh, Dylan Bundy has been pitching this year, um, I I think maybe Dylan Bundy might actually be better than Oz Cobb. And this is exciting, not just for this year, but all our pitchers save the bad ones like Chris Tillman are under contract for for next year. So this is exciting both this year and going forward if their pitching is legit. Assuming Kevin Gossman can pitch a little better because he's been inconsistent, and assuming Bundy can keep up with this, and assuming Cobb—I'm assuming what Cobb did in his last start was was an apparition—and yes. it won't it won't happen. I mean, it's it's like spring training for him. I mean, we didn't give Dil- Dylan Bundy a hard time when he sucked in spring training this year, and the regular season starts and he's great. So give Cobb one more start, and then the starter for that, I think we'd ex- expect uh, uh, Alex Cobb to start being the Alex Cobb we we that we signed up for.
2: Yeah, I agree, and that's what's that's what's like you were saying. That's what is exciting for the future is because this year we've got the question mark is in that fifth slot, the Chris Tillman slot, currently. That might be a Mike Wright slot down the road, or a or a Richard Blair spot. Whatever, whoever's going to take in that fifth slot. What gets interesting is when you come June times June July. That fifth spot is Hunter Harvey, and they're going and Hunter Harvey comes up, and next year. Next year, we already know now what our five-man rotation is for next year, and it's not a scary rotation. It's not the Calvary. It's guys that we can trust. So that's cool, and that's exciting. Um, We really thought this – and that's where it really gets concerning on how dead this offense is.
1: All right. Well, can we talk about Chris Tillman for a second?
2: Yeah. It was just – it was announced that Chris Tillman's
1: going to start the game on Saturday – He's going to start – he's going yeah, to have a certain Saturday?
2: Yeah, which is weird because he's also in the pen tonight. Yeah, so was, as an as a mercy guy.
1: Right. I, I read this quote. I read the – I read um, on, on uh, Steve Maleski's blog. He, he wrote about Chris Tillman and put some quotes in there. I almost fell off my chair when I read the quote from Buck Showalter about um, Chris Tillman. I guess T- Chris Tillman threw a bullpen the other day. Yeah. I guess just to keep his arm loose, he threw a bullpen. And, and um, Buck's quote after watching Chris Tillman throw the bullpen was, he was good today, really good. If I hear <laughs> one more time, they talk about Chris Tillman's bullpen, right. I'm going to lose my mind. I was right about Chris Tillman the whole time. Everyone kept on telling me, oh, he was hurt last year. Oh, he's having such good bullpens in the spring. I said, guys, don't believe a word of it until he pitches in a game. And we've seen him pitch in how many games? It's, I feel like we watched him 10 times. What, has been two or three games this year? I think he's had three starts. And each start has been has been almost worse than the one before, which you think just when he can't be any worse, he ends up being even worse. How Chris Tillman has another start and is getting another start honestly blows my mind. It blows my mind. But on Saturday, I'm not going to be watching it. I'm not going to be watching it. I understood why Ubaldo Jimenez started all those games. Oboto Menes kept on starting games even when he sucked and then moved to the bullpen even when he sucked. But there's two reasons for it. One, Oboto Menes was making a lot of money and, and, and was under contract for a lot of money. Two, Oboto Menes showed that he could go on a streak of four or five games where he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. And then he would suck again, but then he would go on the streak of three or four or five games when he was really, really good. Um, and the, well, actually, the third reason is our other starters were guys like Wade Miley who also sucked. So we had a sucky full of full full of the starters. Right. This year we have none of those excuses. We don't have a rotation full of sucky pitchers. Uh, Chris Tillman is not under a big contract. He can be cut at any time. And Chris Tillman has not shown anything in 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 this year or last year that he can go on a streak of, of one and be effective. I mean, has, has he had any effective starts since like the first game of last year? I, I don't think he has. And so all those three reasons lead me to believe this guy should not should no longer be on the Major League team. I mean, how many chances do you give a guy? This is what I was talking about the same thing with why is Chris Davis starting this game when he should be on the bench? And why is uh, Buck Showalter being so loyal to Chris Tillman? I get that Chris Tillman was good for us for a long time. But I mean, come on. The guy just can't pitch anymore. He shouldn't be pitching for the Orioles. There's no reason why he should be starting on Saturday or ever again this entire season.
2: All right. How about how about the fact that he had? I'm going to defend. I'm going to defend Chris Tillman a little bit. Oh, good luck. And it's yeah. it's not just because the other options, Mike Wright Jr., but all right, So Chris Tillman has had three starts. His first start, he went four innings, gave up four runs. Second start, he went five point one innings, gave up five runs. His third start, he went two innings, he gave up six runs. So, all right. I know I said I'm going to defend them. Those were all defend horrible that, starts. Defend, defend that. You can't. I'm so just laying that out to say, all right, we all knew April was tough. So he, Tillman has pitched against uh, Houston, New York, and Boston. Those are only the three top teams in Major League Baseball. Those are only the three teams who are locks to get into the playoffs this year. Uh, so I, that's my, my argument is is he has played – he has he's pitched and he's he sucked and I in his second start I remember five innings he looked good. That point one is where he fell apart and let up three, four, three runs I think. So uh, my only defense for Chris Tillman is let's give him another start on Saturday against the Indians. Um, then he'd be lined up again for Tampa Bay, and then he would be lined up for uh, the Angels. Well, that doesn't work. The angels don't work. That won't work. But let's see what he does against Cleveland and Tampa Bay, um, and see how it goes. I understand. I I I would rather give Chris Tillman two more starts and get through April with Chris Tillman than Mike Wright Jr.
1: Okay, a couple of things. Let's see how it goes with Chris Tillman. We see how it goes for for a year and some. I don't want to. See. I know how it goes. We're not seeing how it goes. we we know how it goes. Well, so, well, give me an alternative. What else? Do yeah, you and do here's the, the other thing that really pisses me off. People are laying it out like there's two options, either or. This is wrong. They're acting like it's either Chris Tillman or it's Mike Wright. Those All are right. your
2: only two options. Without that's bull, that's bullcrap. Without hurting your bullpen, what do you do?
1: Without hurting your bullpen, I'll give you. I'll give you four guys. I would rather watch start Jeffrey Ramirez. I'd watch. I'd rather All watch right. him start than I would watch Mike Ryder, Chris Tillman starting another game. I'd rather watch David Hess, who was caught up here for a cup of coffee the other day. I'd rather watch David Hess pitch than, 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 than watch uh, Chris Tillman pitch again. And those, to, both those guys, by the way, are on the 40-man roster and start at AAA Norfolk and can come up any day. And they've been effective at AAA Norfolk and can come up any time and start. I'd rather watch, um, and these guys aren't the 40-man, but I'd rather watch John Means, who, who, pitched, full, who pitched a full year at Bowie last year, I'd rather watch John Means pitch than Chris Tillman. I'd rather watch – oh, here's another guy from Norfolk. Uh, I'd rather watch Jason Aquino, who's not in the 40-man either. But I'd rather watch Jason Aquino struggle than watch Chris Tillman struggle because all those pitchers will probably struggle as the fifth starter and would probably struggle for the Orioles until we find an answer there. But they would all be – they would struggle no worse than Chris Tillman. And they could only be better. I don't think they could be worse than Chris Tillman because Chris Tillman has been as bad as can be. So I'd rather see any of those guys – Jeffrey Ramirez, David Hess, John Means, Jason Aquino, any of those guys start over uh, you, Chris Thomas.
2: You intrigued me with David Hess. So I looked up to see if he's stretched out as a starter. What can he be? He's uh, he's only pitched five innings so far this uh, this season. I don't think you're going to pull him up into the majors and say, give me six.
1: Sure, you can, Josh, they, they, because they played like 10 games at Norfolk. All right. That, that's why. And one of the games he was called up, he's a starter. So it's not about stretching. He he can be he can come up any okay. any time and pitch six innings.
2: Okay. Um, I'm also not at uh, you know what if the other four pitchers step it up, then the fifth slot's not as big of a concern. Uh, by the way, David Hess last mm-hmm. year pitched yeah. 154 innings. All right. So the man can, can how, many, start how many how many games? Years. How many starts? 156.
1: 154 innings over 26 starts.
2: Uh that's a complicated math. I can, I gotta use the phone for that one.
1: I mean, I'm just saying that the guy, can get, the guy, I don't know if I'll not give him ten runs, six innings,
2: but the guy can throw hundred pitches. Yeah, I think that's six. If I, that's like six, six uh, a a game, so that's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's acceptable.
1: Yeah, hey, we're not talking about relievers here. All those Jeffrey Mears, David Hess, John means Jason Kino are all starters who can pitch starter innings, and I'd rather see them pitch, even if they're not quite ready. I'd rather watch them pitch or not quite good good enough like Jason Aquino, I'd rather watch them pitch than watch Chris Tillman pitch again. Because
2: you've given up on Chris Tillman, so you'd rather try anything is what you're saying. Yes. It's time to move on.
1: Like, how many chances does a guy get? I don't know how Chris Tillman started so many games last year. I mean, how many chances? Seriously, though, how many chances does a guy get? And Chris Tillman, in my mind, has has run out of chances about uh, six months ago.
2: I guess I can understand that. I can see that argument. Um but then my but then my argument my again the other point would be why did the Orioles re-sign Chris Tillman then? That, what did they see in this offseason? What did Brady see to go that he wanted to do this? What did they see in spring training to slot him in? Like they keep seeing he, something. He's really good at bullpen
1: sessions. But the problem is the team gets no wins from having good bullpens and and also it was a one year deal and it was hardly any money. How much did they sign for? it was like all incentive based
2: I think it was three million three million
1: okay, and the rest was incentives so it, it cost you hardly any money and it's and you need a fifth starter, so I don't knock them for trying it, and if you want to give them, I guess if you want to give them one more start, I guess so but but I mean at some point you gotta you gotta draw the line because. Who, who,
2: he's starting against uh, Cleveland. Is that the team? Yeah, he's starting against the uh, Indians. On, uh, yeah, at the Indians. Four o'clock game. It's at home? Yes.
1: Okay, so here's the situation. Home game, Indians. The, the, there's only one team in all of baseball that has a worst batting average than the Orioles. They are the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland Indians have the worst batting average in all of baseball this year. Oh, great! So, we can, home.
2: so we can so we can get excited for Chris Tillman.
1: So all your excuses, yeah, about why Chris Tillman struggled, all those got the window on Saturday, and this is it. Um, and if he struggles, if he struggles on Saturday, uh, there's there's no reason that boy should ever start another game for us. Well, we'll see. I, I was... At some point, you got to cut the tie and say, "Okay, we tried it. We made a mistake." They 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 did it with Kobe Rasmus. Uh, they said, okay, this isn't working out. Let's hide him in the DL for a while and, 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 and move on. At some point you gotta say, we're trying to win now, and I don't want to panic yet, but we're going off to a rocky start and something has to change. And one of the things that can easily change is Chris Tillman can stop starting games.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fine. I'm fine. You can you you got me. Let's see what Tillman does though. I'm still gonna hold out and I don't know. Maybe maybe the goal is to to stretch Hunter Harvey out for May instead of instead of June, July. I haven't I I know he's pitched one started one game so far. He pitched I think two innings. Yeah.
1: I don't understand either. This is just things that I find weird about baseball I don't understand. He is on I don't understand why players are on innings limits. Like they did this with um they they, they do this with with pitchers to keep their innings down like uh, Hunter only pitched two innings. And I think next time they're planning on only having a pitch three innings. And I don't understand why people go on innings limits. When it would make more sense to me if you kept track of how many pitches you have per year? Because that's what really matters. Who cares how many innings you pitched in? It's all about the pitches you've thrown. So I think that I would like to see uh, – a. I don't, I don't know why in baseball we do innings limits when we should do pitch limits because innings could mean – as we can see from the Orioles, five innings for an Orioles pitcher is like 120 pitches. Five innings for someone pitching against the Orioles is like 60 pitches, and those are two very different things. So I, I think they should. That's just a little side note; It has nothing to do with this really discussion about Hunter Harvey. But I think they should limit pitches, not innings. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know that if Hunter, makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if Hunter Harvey. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him, and if we continue to get no production from our fifth starter. At what point does the pressure build to wanna call Hunter Harvey up? I mean they said he looked, he's throwing a ninety-seven down a Bill He's really good. Yeah. So at what point does that pressure build? I think you know, wait till next year with with with, with Hunter Harvey. But at what point does that pressure build where you feel like you have to do something? Um, and I hope I hope something, yeah, whether it's Jeffrey Ramirez or Mike Wright or Chris Tillman could shock me and actually be okay. But I hope something like that happens because that would lessen the pressure to do something foolish and push up uh, yes. Hunter Harvey before he's ready.
2: Yeah, I think if we have to pull someone from our pen like Castro or Blair to be the fifth starter, that that's going to leave a hole in the pen that's going to be really tempting to put Harvey in and say, well, he's got to pitch three innings each week anyway. Let's let him pitch him in the big leagues.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, We got some action action in the chat room. I saw you uh, in the – you can watch this every Monday at 7.30. Today is Tuesday at 8.30.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to keep an eye on it. Normally, Bert does that.
1: Yeah. Um, I saw that some people were were just asking about Loop League, uh, and and they were a quick sponsor, and then we've kind of – we've gone a separate race. And you you commented that they were just here for March Madness. Yeah. Uh,
2: Loop League was very – that was very successful. Uh, Loop League was very happy with us. If you really want to get into it, we were really happy with Loop League. We like Loop League a lot. I think the guys in the chat room just want me to say Loop League. So I'm trying to see how many times I can say Loop League. But, but uh, there's no
1: ka anymore with Loop League, so I don't no, care how many times you say there's, it. Exactly.
2: No ka-ching. There's no ka right now. But uh, So they're going to be back. It's just we did it for March Madness. We had a really good Loop League contest. Uh, someone won some tickets to Night at the Yard, which we need <laughs> – Need to uh, – we keep forgetting to promote. So, Night at the Yard is Hawaiian Shirt Night in June. You can go get your tickets on section336.com. When is
1: that? Do you know
2: that the June date? I did. It is, it is June 30th. It's a Saturday night. Oh, my gosh. This is exciting. Chris Tillman will be pitching. Do you, do you know what I did, um, I,
1: I did the other day? Because I am, I am all on board. There has never been – I'm trying to think of – you know, like, like when we were kids. Right. When the Orioles were playing Seattle – like that was tickets. I mean, we wanted to go see Ken it, Griffey Jr. play. Yeah,
2: Griffey, and then eventually Ichiro after him.
1: There's all yeah. But the I mean, Ichiro Griff- didn't get me but no, excited, but yeah, Ken
2: Griffey, Griffey Jr. was the guy. He was the man. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like I feel like that less and
1: less. But um, like interleague play is kind of cool. Like I really want to see. I really enjoy seeing Bryce Harper in person and watching Bryce Harper play. Right.
2: What I do what, you think the, what do you think the chances are? I know where you're going. What's the chance you think that this is who we get to see?
1: I don't remember ever being as excited to see an opponent play, to see another team's player play, as I am to see Shoei Otani play baseball. Yeah. And I hope he's playing, whether it's DHing or hitting. I mean, uh, DHing DH'ing or, or pitching. I hope he's playing on Saturday because that's – I was – whether we had neither the yard tickets or whether we didn't even have tickets for the Angels, I was going – and if Shoei Otani is pitching any one of those games – I'm dropping whatever I'm doing, and I'm seeing Shoei Otani pitch. Right. Uh, because he is – I mean, that's an incredible story about this 23-year-old. And this is stuff that everyone said, the Babe Ruth. And then you watch him in spring training, and Shoei Otani struggled, and you're like, here we go again. Everyone with the hyperbole, uh, the next Babe Ruth. And he really – but it turns out this kid's actually <laughs> as good as advertised. This kid's an absolute stud. And I can't – I always check ESPN to see if the Angels are ever playing. Because I'll stay I'll stay up till ten o'clock to watch Show Otani play. What, would it be um,
2: awkward if we made some Otani shirts for Night at the Yard?
1: Well, I, I tell you what, that's a guy, and he seems to be easy to like. He seems to be a, a good guy, and he's just oh my my goodness, a pitcher and a hitter, it's incredible to watch. It's incredible. I he's he's so exciting, and that's that's I mean, I circled that on my calendar. I immediately watched after watching some Showy Otani highlights, like I immediately went and looked up and saw when the Angels were coming to Camden Yards. And yeah, I love this night at the Yards. But that's a game I would be going to either way. Uh, because that's I, – I don't remember last time I was this excited to see another player for another team play the Orioles.
2: Yeah, it's night at the Yard. Otani's coming to town. Trout's coming to town. And it's Hawaiian shirt night, so the Yard's going to be packed. It's going to be a sellout crowd. Um, let's just hope the Orioles play well that day because they generally have not played well on night at the Yards. Yeah, but it, yeah, but I know. it does
1: but we've seen we some tough losses on the yards.
2: But it does; it's setting up itself to be like one of those games we had a few years ago with the statue games, where it was midsummer and the the stadium was rocking and everything. It's setting itself up that it could be an exciting night.
1: Yeah, yeah. Of course, the uh, Orioles no, got to win
2: some games, and we still care in June. Yeah. The way, the well, it's the do not. But you're
1: you're right. We have to win. We have to win some some more ball games. Right. Um. Uh, I don't know if we. Uh, what was the record this past week? Do you want to update? I don't know because we gave predictions of where we thought the Orioles would stand. Yeah, did so, you write that on our, on your whiteboard?
2: Yeah, I've got it right here. Um, just looking at where the Orioles actually are right now. The uh, the Orioles before uh, Monday night. Before Monday night's game, they are five and eleven. So if we check, oh, uh, this
1: might be thrown off a little bit because we had a rainout.
2: Right, we had a rainout.
1: So there's one less game. Right. Right. I've never saw so many people grateful for a rainout. The players were grateful. The managers are grateful. Or even Orioles fans were like, yeah, we could use a break. And Orioles fans never say that. Like, we love everyday – I love everyday baseball, right? Right. But I, I was with them. I was like, all right, I'm okay. We can take a day off. I'm okay with a day Well,
2: part of it was that it was Boston Day and it was an 11 a.m. game anyway. 7, yeah. 7 p.m. Monday who, night, who I missed the 11 Orioles. 11
1: a- a.m. A- 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 game?
2: I could have because I took to – yesterday, I spent a few days sick. So I, yesterday yeah. would have been a great day to watch – 11 a.m. baseball game so i'm mean, gonna
1: say tomorrow isn't tomorrow a day game now too You're gonna yeah take tomorrow. so tomorrow's yeah.
2: a day game i guess is it snow that's coming into town in detroit yeah bad weather so yeah tomorrow they moved it from 6:40, which i thought was a weird start time anyway to now like you think all the
1: games all the teams up north should have roofs on their on their stadiums i
2: what what happened why did, is this global warming is this what this is like yeah, but, we, but we, everything. Base, it's,
1: getting, its the it's another ice age. Forget about global Right. I mean, right.
2: I mean baseball is in April every year, and yeah. I, I don't remember this. I don't remember guys in hoodies. I don't remember snow games. I remember going to an opening day many years ago where there were some flurries, but it was nothing like this. This is crazy.
1: And people keep. I see people keep on Twitter. People complaining. This is what you signed up for. MLB with this schedule, but this is how they schedule every year. It's not right. different from previous years yeah. it's just this year the, the weather has been funky
2: yeah funky yeah And did you see the that the speaking of domes did you see that toronto still had yeah. to cancel a game because of weather even with their dome
1: Yeah, had an issue with leakage
2: a big no uh with they had an issue with a big chunk of ice fell and ripped through the top of the sky dome yeah causing water to leak onto the stadium yeah onto the field yeah yeah big hole in there yeah, yeah. big hole
1: um Bert's not here for his snowflake of the week segment. <laughs> I mean Strawberry
2: He he stole that segment from you, didn't he? Yeah,
1: he did. that was he your did. segment.
2: Um I did not see any players this week to nominate. Did uh, any- Anthony Rizzo went to the 10 day DL. Did you see why
1: Anthony Rizzo went to the 10 day DL for the Cubs? No. He said he was uh he complained about the mattress in the hotel in Cincinnati. Said so he had a bad sleeping experience on the mattress. Bad mattress. He said he, he should have slept on the floor. But uh, the mattress sleeping incident contributed to a 10-day DL stint for Anthony Rizzo. I thought that was a pretty – they get hurt by sleeping on a mattress. And, you know, this is the, this is M, Major League Baseball player sleeping hotel. This is not like the Motel 6. I don't know. Is that a bad hotel? Uh, this is not the – what's a bad motel? Somewhere? This is not the Roach mot- Motel. This is a nice hotel he's staying at. Night's and in. he's complaining about I- his –
2: it's I, sleeping experience. I stayed at a night's inn this weekend. It was yeah, that, that, that's a horrible that, that was a horrible. Back. That was a oh, horrible yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's you sleeping with the cockroaches there. Right. But but with the oh, that's where we also stayed in for spring training when you're speaking of yes. bad hotels. Yes. Um but I thought that was a bit of a strawberry move complaining about the about going on the 10 to the day DL because of a bad mattress. But again, I don't know if it's strawberry all star strawberry star, straw star. No, worthy.
2: what it is, no, it's, it's not, not, it's not it's worthy. It's not here. Right. What it is, is it's something that I'm shocked that Jim Palmer's not not bringing this up more when he's in the, the booth, about with the Orioles in the hoodies and the other players all dressed and bundled up, about talking about how baseball used to be and how the baseball players used to be real men, and now there's all these millennials in, in playing baseball. Yeah, it's true. So. It's, it's true. Uh, we got a little distracted, and we didn't give our updates of our picks from last week. Yeah. So for, Orioles are 5 and 11. Yeah. I have because of the rainout. How out, many wins did they get? Uh one? One win? I don't remember where they were last week. I think they got one or two, two or one. Um because of the rainout, I've removed one win from all of our predictions, assuming we would have won that rainout. So that's, that That's a fair assumption. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that means that Matt this week you said the Orioles would be at five and eleven. Yep. So you win this week. Bert said six yeah. and ten. I said seven and nine. It so, pays to be pessimistic. Yeah. So I won week one. You won week two. The Orioles are five and eleven as we record. And we have let's see. Where are we at? Uh one. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so that shifts everything as well. We have six games. Oh, so Monday's
1: game not even matter, right? Because we would uh, – did we count Monday's game when we were doing that?
2: No, no, it doesn't because Monday would have counted into this week. But I think yeah. we had – did we have another rain out or something? Or maybe no. – no, Maybe know we were counting Monday because it was a day 11. game. I don't know. Yeah, because it was a day game we were. So we have six games. What's this game? Who are we playing this? We're playing Detroit right now. It's a three-game series, right? Huh? Yeah, it's a three-game series. Three in Detroit, four in Cleveland, but only three of them count. So three, and for the, three Detroit, three Cleveland.
1: And for the record, Detroit right now is standing at a record of four and nine. The Detroit hasn't been very good either. Right, and Cleveland's been a little better, eight and six. We know Cleveland's a, a good team. Uh, they're they're one of the best teams in baseball. So, but Detroit's not good. Well, Detroit's that, in total rebuild mode.
2: I thought you told me Cleveland's got the worst offense.
1: Yeah, Cleveland has had a really bad off, but their their starting pitching has been fantastic. Okay, but, but but their offense has struggled this year.
2: All right, and and we are counting tonight's game, which is in the top of the eighth as we're recording right now. All right. So, um, currently at five and eleven, I am gonna uh, six games. I'm gonna be positive, and I am going to go with. Uh nine and thirteen. I'm gonna say we turn this thing around.
1: Nine
2: and thirteen. Yeah, that's that's four wins. I'm giving them four wins.
1: Okay. Four 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 out of six.
2: Four out of six. Yeah. Turn it turning yeah. this around.
1: Alright. You know, I this is interesting. I was looking at this. I was looking at Cleveland's schedule before they play us. Right. They play on Saturday they play Toronto and it was canceled because of the whole incident. Right. Sunday their game was canceled too. Then Monday, they had an off day. Then they played Tuesday, Wednesday. Then Thursday, they have another off day. So between Saturday and playing us on Friday, they would have only actually played in, or since Friday, in in a week from Friday to playing us on Friday, they would only have played two games
2: in a week. Isn't that weird? Yeah, but Detroit tonight, we're playing Detroit on Monday night, on Tuesday. And the last time Detroit played was Friday. They haven't played yeah. since Friday, so it's, it's it's some
1: weird stuff going it's on. Weird. Out there. Yeah, yeah. So Cleveland's going to have everyone rested; they can start over there. they they want to start. Oh, and and that's fun too because they're playing. This is interesting too. Just all kind of fun facts here with Cleveland. They have off Monday and Thursday. That's twice in a week. You say why does the the, the Indians have off two off days in one week? It's scheduled well, we, that way. Yeah, because and the reason is then they play a two game series versus the Twins, but the two game series is in San
2: Juan, Puerto Rico. Oh, that's right. They're down there. Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is that game televised? i got to check out that, I that assume, game.
2: I would imagine it's on the MLB network. I don't get that.
1: All right. Um, so I'm saying, I'm saying in the six games, I'll say the Orioles are playing the Indians. We're going to take – I think we're going to take two out of three from the Indians and maybe steal one from – I'm sorry, two out of three from the Tigers and <laughs> steal one from the Indians. So I'm going three and three. Yeah. I'll give them three and three for this
2: week. That's pretty positive. So you're looking at an eight and twelve next week. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm. I was hoping maybe they could squeak out this game, but I'm so tired of. I mean, Oriole pitching has held Detroit tonight to three runs, and it's so irritating. When this lineup, all off season, we talk about, well, this lineup gets six runs, we'll be okay. The, like this, this lineup can get the runs, our bullpen will be okay. Uh, a lot of talk about the cold weather in all this we haven't talked about the cold weather as an excuse for the bats you think it's an excuse
1: well i said i mean i mentioned top of the show i think all of this gear they're wearing inhibits them from from hitting well i really do i think they're wearing way too much stuff and so i think the cold weather affects that and i i think maybe um they're less patient at the plate because they're so cold i think that also could be a factor but it's like, but all of a sudden, Boston can, can, Boston can score and uh, can score ten runs in the cold. But we can't score runs in the cold. I mean, it's like if if every game was one nothing, I would I would buy your argument. But right. I mean, the other team scoring runs, so I don't buy your argument.
2: Yeah, I don't buy it either because both teams are playing in it. And... Yeah, I mean,
1: if you look at Boston, they scored seven runs one day, ten the other game. So if right. they're scored, if they're scoring a... seven and the cold's no problem for them. So I, I get that. I think our offense will get better when it gets warmer. That's probably right, true. That's
2: when the long ball flies. And and when you see how many balls we keep, we've hit to like the, uh, uh, what I'm blanking to the, warning to track. the warning track, the warning track. I wanted to say. That, end that zone. Pile of
0: dirt that pile of field.
2: Yeah. We've been hitting balls to the warning track and I get it. You wait till June and those balls will go an extra five feet and get over that fence. But I really want to win some games now. These games matter just as much as the games in June.
1: And it's true that the the cold weather and the wind, like that, was a big factor at uh, with Boston. The balls weren't flying at all, right. and that might affect us more than other teams because our team is so reliant on the long ball. Like we're not springing together five hits right. to score runs. Like we're relying on long ball. So maybe the cold weather um, and the ball not traveling does a factor into, into does affect us more than other teams. But uh, I mean, you, you just got to score runs. You got to figure it out.
2: All right. So, anything positive we're taking away from this week?
1: Well, we've already talked about a lot of positive things. Right. We talked about Dil- 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 Dylan Bundy looks amazing, amazing.
2: Right. So, uh, but- this
1: is if he is actually this good, this is the game changer uh, for this year going forward. If Dylan Bundy is as good as this, that's huge. And Trey Mancini's been good. Dylan right. Bundy, Trey Mancini, oh, my good
2: Yep. And the bullpen's been fine.
1: Yeah. You have no thoughts on Manny Machado at
2: shortstop? Oh, do you really want to get into that? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I mean, I, I I, didn't like the move in, when it was announced in the offseason. I don't like the idea of when the guy's here for only this year of letting him play shortstop when we were perfectly fine and set up with him at third base. So, yeah, I hate the move. It's a selfish move. It's a millennial move. He should be on our straw stars as a permanent fixture. But that's more of my frustrations with Manny Machado, and I hate letting one player dictate your team.
1: Yeah, I'm at the opposite of the fence. I think, um, I think uh, the best, I'm old school and that the best player plays shortstop. That's how it usually works. Right. Uh, because they get the most balls hit to them and they're cut out and all this stuff. I mean, there's a reason every high school stud is a shortstop. And so I, I'm, I'm okay with our best player playing shortstop. And I also think that that millennial move you're talking about, and I, I think that there's truth here that players, you see this happen in the NBA all the time, uh, but I think you just have more in baseball that Oh, it's a LeBron move. Yeah, that that players control should control their destiny. And if you want to keep Manny Machado, and you want to keep him happy to perform his best, you let your best player play where he wants to play. I say if Manny Machado wants to play left field, you let him play left field. And I and I know that's that's kind of that's the new way of thinking. I, a lot of people are old school and want to say you know it's the coach's way or the, or the highway. But, but you want players to be happy and perform to, to their best. If this makes Manny Machado more invested in the team, then I say go for it and put him at shortstop. Is there, a is, shortstop.
2: Is there any chance Manny Machado yeah. signs an extension for, in Baltimore? I think it's very small. Okay. But
1: any? Sure, but very small.
2: All right, that would be my reason for not caring about Manny, whether or not Manny's happy. Unless I somehow think. But, 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 but,
1: but what if this helps him play better this
2: year? Yeah, that's great that's great if it helps him play better but is it hurting your team overall is it a wash
1: and I, I don't think I don't I mean I don't think you make judgments about players playing new defensive positions 16 games in right that's ridiculous right this is a long season players are gonna struggle playing a new position this is anyone who's surprised by this like wake up you're playing a new position they're gonna have a couple struggles right. ask me about this in July. Ask me about this, and if it's still a problem in July, then we can have this conversation. But as far as concerns for the Orioles and why we're off to a rough start, Manny Plains shortstop is about number 25 on my list of concerns I have.
2: Right. If, if, if the Orioles were hitting the ball and scoring, then it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It's, it's frustrations as, as Oriole fans, and, and so many frustrations this season to start out. And that, then that's the other problem is it's the beginning of the season. We don't have yeah. this foundation of, of wins to, to rely on.
1: We're 16 games in. we got a ways to go
2: yet. Yeah. Yep. And, hey, what do you know? It's the uh, bottom eight, man on, man on. and who's up at the plate? But Chris Davis.
1: Uh, I bet he strikes out here too.
2: Call it strike three. Typical Davis move.
1: Who saw that coming? <laughs>
2: um, but, no, this is good. This means he won't.
1: This is the bottom of the eighth or top of the eighth. So he won't this bat means, in the ninth. He won't bat in the ninth. This is actually good. Right. Watch the always figure out a way to have happen. in the
2: night right? Or, or go to extra innings just so that just so yeah, Davis yeah. can blow it. Some
1: kind of rule. Chris Davis has to make the last out in the loss. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this has been a a, a good show. Uh, yeah. We survived the whole show without this Danny one. Burt Brody. I was gonna hopefully, say.
2: Hopefully, did we even mention that Burt didn't show up tonight?
1: Oh yeah, Bert's not here. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's been but, he's been quiet. He's been thinking. We've been doing an interview this whole time.
1: Yeah, Bert's actually been here the entire time. He's just had nothing to add. So he's right. just
2: sat
1: here quiet. Uh, we actually turned off his mic. He's been chiming in every now and then, but we do turn off his mic. Um, but no, this whole thing, and, and Bert looks like a, um, a slacker by not show, showing up. But really, this is all Josh's fault because Bert was good to go on Monday, but Josh yes. had, had an illness. Yeah, I and could not. And the show really doesn't really work without Josh. So um, I... so yeah, so Bert's not here because we're off schedule.
2: Yeah, I could not speak yesterday. And yep. could not get out of bed yesterday. So, unless I wanted all three of you guys in bed with me, and and, and I'm like, it was not going to work. I would have been coughing yep. nonstop. It was not good. Today, uh, today's well, going much better.
1: If you're if you're still sick when the when the Orioles come back home, can you go ahead and cough on Chris Davis for a little bit for me? Maybe get Chris Davis sick so he can go on the tender DL.
2: I'll try to get through that net and get up to the players. Yeah. But, oh yeah.
1: Well, does the germs and saliva make it past the nets? I'll are those
2: nets. I don't know. Uh, but I do like that you're giving me credit that the show doesn't happen without me. So well, it's you.
1: not. Yeah, that, I, I just met. Like, you know how to hit a couple buttons, okay? So don't, <laughs> right. so don't make it act like I need your insight right. here. You just know how to hit a couple of red buttons to start the show and end nah. the show. And, and intro and outro music. That's the only reason you're right.
2: here. Right, and, wow. and the record and the post to Facebook. and, and I don't know
1: all that's involved, but you don't need to bother me with that nonsense. Exactly. You just do your thing.
2: All right, well that's it. Did, did you play the
1: outro music? Did I hear that
2: it's in the playing. background? Yeah, it's playing now for the second time. What? I
1: can't hear the outro music at all.
2: Oh really? Yeah. I must not have it go into your headphones. It just finished up for the second time.
1: All right. Uh, well, make sure you read us a review on iTunes. Hopefully, there was no audio issues this time. Make sure you um, check out our Instagram page at Section Three Three Six Show. Check it out on Twitter. So when we do late changes like this on when our show is coming out, you can follow – you can find out about it on Twitter at Section336Show. You also can like our Facebook page, which will remind you that we have a video coming out almost every Monday or a Tuesday occasionally. Um, Yeah, so that's it. Follow us on on all those things. And you can follow me on Twitter at Section336. And you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.
0: From behind home plate, your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk.
1: Today on the show, we'll discuss the Orioles and their struggles with pitching. Also, they are struggling on offense, and they're actually also struggling on defense as well. All that and more on this edition of Section 336.
0: Section 336.com. <laughs> Buckle up, birds. Be ready to ride. Your host, Max Casabrera, ready to ride. Best section 336, the number one sports broadcast, get your fix What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases This is a trip, stay tuned in at 336
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages Welcome to section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk I'm your dearly stuttering host, Matt Soroka As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka
2: Hey Matt, how's it going?
1: Good. I'm a little mad we uh, Bert's not here today. Who cares? I'm a little mad we that we didn't get to uh, do our 60 minutes intro because I had this. It, here's my opening question. My opening question was: Alex Cobb struggled in his first start with the Orioles. Is this a sign of things to come, or can we just chalk the, his first start up to clearing away the cobwebs?
2: You, you know, I'm at least proud of you for not going with a corn on the cob reference. That's a pretty I good Cobwebs, going, though, right? That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I have not heard the Cobwebs yet.
1: It's because his name is Alex Cobb.
2: Right. Can we, bring, Cobb a, can we bring Webb back to the Orioles and have a little Cobweb going back-to-back? With, going with Ryan, back. Ryan Webb come in to relieve Alex Cobb. Yeah, was, was, Ryan, the, was Ryan Webb the guy who was allergic to ice?
1: I didn't know there was a guy allergic to ice. Yeah, we, a couple
2: of years ago we had a guy in the bullpen who was allergic to ice. Not wa- oh, that not, sounds like Not water our, Just our strawberry ice
1: board. Yeah, how could, yeah I don't know how that works
2: And I don't know how he would Like would he not Maybe be he allowed to the f-
1: Steam as well Or just, uh, just ice
2: Just ice And I'm guessing he must not be able to play baseball this year Because there's been way too many games Like in the snow In the ice Yeah I mean
1: Yeah like, Well what happens if it's, if it's sleeting outside Does he have to like Does he do all Wicked Witch of the West And is melting Melting <laughs> When, when I don't know
2: a- I'm not sure. That'd be sad. Um, You're gonna bash the uh, players again for wearing these hoods. They're all wearing the hoods and masks because it's all it's it's freezing every day. Oh my gosh! Give me a break. And I I think honestly, I think there's something
1: connected with wearing all this gear and not being able to hit a baseball. I mean, it's baseball is all about having that quick bat. We saw Trayvon Cede hit over run to tonight's game, and Jim Palmer's talking about his quick bat. You can't teach that. You if you want to slow down a bat put on about 50 layers and then and then try, try, try to swing a baseball bat. Not only like that, you watch, like, these are professional athletes. I get the fans all bundled up. up with blankets or whatever. I, I mean, you, you watch the NFL. You go into to Lambeau Field, negative 30 degrees, people in short sleeves, like right. it's nothing. Here, it's 30 degrees in Boston, and people are, act, are acting like uh, this is the Ice Age back, and there are a bunch of Eskimos running around. I think I, it's ridiculous how much they suit up.
2: And you know that there's heaters in the dugout.
1: Oh, yeah, the, so the, it's just when they're – I have to play it on the field. Right. Though so right. this might also explain because the Orioles, apparently a bunch of pansies with all their layers. Maybe this is why they strike out so much. Cause they're just like, I want to go back to the dugout. Let me just hurry up and, and swing at three pitches or in Chris Davis's case, swing at two and take one and then get back to, to the bench so I can stay warm again. May- maybe that's why they're striking out so much. Cause they're striking out with any other team in baseball and it's not even close. And you if, know, in it, 12 you, games this year, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going off. No, go ahead. This, but this it, is, is, it sickens me. In, in uh, 12 games so far, how many games we've had? 16? In 12 of them, they've struck out 10 or more times. That means they're striking out over once an inning 10 or more times this year. That's ridiculous. Against this old man, Lariano tonight, they've already struck out like seven times. Yeah. It's unbelievable to watch. Yeah, and they, you know, I wouldn't even care about striking out, but when you don't score runs and you strike out, it just looks really bad. All right, I'm done for a second.
2: Yeah. Um and I know I know there's lots of hatred on Chris Davis and him being useless and all, but he's not even leading the club in strikeouts. Yeah. He's not so, he's not performing. He's not get he's hitting the ball, it's it's just not landing, but he's when you're yelling about strikeouts, you gotta yell at every member of this team except for maybe Trey Mancini and Manny Machado. Those yeah, are the only guys hitting maybe, the ball.
1: And Pedro Alvarez too. Uh, because here are the rest of the numbers. Um Jonathan Scope before he got hurt at two thirty. Adam Jones, two twenty one, uh, Santander, one ninety, Beckham, one seventy five, Davis, one thirty two, Valencia, one thirty, Caleb Joseph, point zero nine seven. So I mean, it's not one or two guys, and everyone's hating on Davis. But you're right. It's, it's right. It's, it's
2: before tonight. Davis had all of eight, right before tonight. Davis had eighteen strikeouts, which is fourth in the Orioles, which is crazy. Jonathan Scope has had 19. Adam Jones has had 19. Uh, Beckham, who guys are asking for Beckham to lead off, he has 24 strikeouts.
1: Yeah, Beckham's been really bad this year. He's really struggling. Uh, and uh, But but tonight, like this is, I think today, is a good example of why people don't like Buck Showalter. This man can drive you crazy. Like this game makes perfect sense to as bench. a game that you bench. Chris Davis. Yeah. Uh, Francisco Lar- 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 Lariano has great numbers against lefties. Chris Davis is like one for 12 in his history against Lariano. And so this is a perfect game to bench Chris Davis. I think we ha- Buck Showalter has to come to grips with. He's not – he, he you, you have to platoon him sometimes. He's not a 155 type of – type type of guy he's not playing 155 games he should play in, in 120 games 110 games all right and my, so every opportunity you have to bench him against a lefty a good lefty who gets lefties out i think
2: you should bench him then my counter argument to that would be uh, one you're not going to bench you're not going to platoon a guy that you're paying that amount of money i i, I want to go so far as platoon
1: but i'm just saying if you have a really good lefty right. who gets out, you have bad numbers uh bench him
2: all right then here's my argument for tonight you're, you're putting him in there because you need the defense. You need a guy who's actually playing the position he belongs at and can play it well. That would be the I reason. I, because if I don't think there's that
1: much drop-off if, between Trey Mancini playing first, Chris Davis playing first. I don't think there's a big drop-off.
2: But but once you put Trey Mancini there, you're then putting uh, – who are you putting then in, in left field? I guess Santander. Santander. So you, you put you got,
1: Gentry on one side, Santander on the other. Right. You so on you one. got
2: Sant – Okay. But then in the infield, you've got Mancini. Uh, uh, who's the guy they just brought up? Uh, the, um... Salma? Selma, Something like that. Then you got Machado. Then you've got Beckham. You'd have an entire infield of guys out of Sadania. position. Yeah, that's
1: it. Sadania. Yeah,
2: you'd have an entire infield of guys who haven't played that position much. So I think that's why you're leaving Davis in there. Um...
1: Okay, well, but, he, but the the result is he's gonna look like the fool against Francisco Lariano. I, and people are gonna hate him, more. even though it's not. Again, like that's I put tonight's struggles not on Chris Davis at all. I put on Buck, Buck Showalter. and everyone else is not hitting either. But people just remember Chris Davis because of the price tag and because
2: of his history. <laughs> sure, sure, and and that's the big thing with Chris Davis is the history. I cannot understand how the shift happened in baseball and suddenly you're dead at the the plate. That you cannot beat the shift. If there was anything going into this offseason that we knew Davis needed to work on, it was to beat the shift to be able to bunt. And he doesn't do that. And I don't understand how you spend your whole offseason where you have one of your worst career years, and you come back and you do the exact same thing. Well, I mean, in his
1: defense, he's tried to lay it down a couple of bunts. I mean, I think everyone acts like a bunts an automatic hit. I I think uh, when someone's throwing curveballs with ladders at 95 miles per hour and you have to bunt it, not just any bunt, you have to get it right down that, that third line. because the last time he bunted, I think the pitcher got and threw him out. So you have to have a really good bunt. It's not enough to bunt. You have to have a really good bunt. So I think it's just a lot harder than than people well, give that credit for.
2: His last bunt, he was laying down a, a normal bunt and then he decided to make it a swinging bunt and try to hit it down the first baseline. Don't know what was going on there.
1: Oh, yeah, that that was awkward. I think that was with like two strikes too. Um but if you if you look at in two thousand fifteen after two thousand fifteen that's when he had his big year and that's when he signed the contract right two thousand fifteen is when he had forty seven home runs yeah um, batted two sixty two OBP of three sixty one played almost every game played almost every every at bat and then the next year there was that immediate drop off to bat two twenty one and he still had the thirty eight home runs and this year he's going to have twenty six home runs I think people keep on bashing the contract. If he we thought worst case scenario, Chris Davis is hitting thirty eight and batting two twenty. We thought that was worst case scenario with Chris Davis. But we found out last year that that wasn't like that was not his floor. He could get, in fact, a lot worse. And this is and and I thought at the time I thought this was an okay contract. Like I, I thought they spent too much, but I was right. happy to have Chris Davis. I was not yes. gonna complain about not my money. I wasn't gonna complain about it uh, with Santa Chris Davis. But I knew, and we all knew accepted that there would be bad years at the end of this contract. The scary thing is, though, it's bad years is, at the top. Yeah, this is only year three, and the bad years are already happening. This, he's 32 years old. This is supposed to be him in the good years. Right. So, re- what's going to happen in two years when we're watching this? I mean, that's going to be the real ugly stuff.
2: Right. I remember seeing year one and year two and saying, okay, this isn't horrible, but it's not, you're not loading up on the top side. If you give me the way you're playing now in year one for seven years, it's okay. Even year two, you did okay. The strikeouts were higher than we wanted. But I wasn't going to complain too much thinking all I need is one of these years for you to break out and be back to that big year. The problem is that year three seems so far to be worse than year one and year two. And if if the drop-off started on year one, that's a problem.
1: Yeah, and and, and this is – it has been a fall because he was good in 2012. He was great in 2013. 2013 was probably his best year. Um, and then he was, he was great in 2015, uh, and, and 2016 has gone down. 2017 was even worse. And 2018 is shaping up to be even worse. And he's putting Buck Showoff and his team in an awkward position. I mean, he's making that much money, so he'll continue to right. play. I mean, he'll continue to play, and I guess he'll continue to play every day. But if he continues to struggle like this, Buck's going to be put in a, uh, a tough and awkward position. Well,
2: and it's awkward because what do you do with him? How, because you can't send him to Bowie and say, let him work it out in Bowie, because he'll go to Bowie and he'll crush the ball. Well, I, I mean, there's no
1: way he goes to Bowie anyway. Like, his contract won't let him.
2: Well, I mean, if he agreed to, all right, I've got something, let me go down here and work on it. I mean, no, it, it wouldn't, it but it wouldn't make sense because you send him to the minors where guys aren't playing the shift and everything, and he's going to crush the ball and look like he's great.
1: I don't think so. I think maybe he'll be embarrassed in double A2 and strike out a bunch. But it's a lose-lose, right? Right. It,
2: yes. Yeah, when, it's, no, when what, it's a head game like this. Um, yeah, I saw uh, someone in the chat room, Scott Foster, in the, in the Facebook chat, was saying that Davis is like Josh Hamilton, as in it's all in his own head. Now, Josh Hamilton had off-the-field stuff going on. But it is a similar thing where a guy who was set up to be a superstar and just fell off the planet.
1: Yeah, I know. we always go to that, that it's mental with him, it's head games. But when other players struggle, we don't necessarily go right to the head games. Why with Chris Davis do we immediately go to it's mental and head games when other players struggle because they struggle? Or maybe Chris Davis just got hot for a couple of years and then he's just not that good of a player. So he you,
2: couldn't maintain that. You know why we go to the head games? Why? Because when was the first, well, the first time we saw him struggle was when they took the Adderall away from him. Right. So, yeah. so that's why we go with the head games. Yeah. Is is because we know he was on medicine to focus and now he looks like a, he's at the plate and he can't focus. So we have to assume there there's something going on.
1: Yeah, and when players struggle, like Tim Beckham, I was surprised by that twenty four strikeout number. Cause he's been bad, but it doesn't seem as bad. With Chris Davis, it just looks worse. It feels like there's only three or four pitch at bats, like he only gets three or four pitches right. before he strikes out. And if, um, why is this? Why does this happen? I feel like this is true. Like four out of five games, Chris Davis is the last out. I feel like just looking for the last out of a game, somehow it's Chris Davis. He's going right. to manage the strikeout. There's going to be a runner on base, probably in scoring position, and he's going to be the last batter up in strikeout. I feel like that happens almost every game.
2: I think it's it's amplified because for so many years, like he was our hope. Like He was the guy you wanted up as the last out. He was the guy you wanted to lead off an inning, and now it seems like he's always leading off innings. He's always ending games, and he's just he's watching pitches. I uh, I haven't looked up the stat for a number of pitches that guys have seen, but you're right. It seems like Chris Davis sees some of the fewest pitches. He either swings on the first strike and hits a fly ball straight to an outfielder, or he's or it's three strikes and he goes home. It it's it's you don't see him up there as a guy who battles. Which is the yeah. uh, which is the complete opposite of Trey Mancini. If you want to stay on offense for a little bit and go with something positive, has been really impressive. Yeah. Trey Mancini, as a second-year player, has there was no sophomore slump or anything. He's leading this team well. He's moved into the leadoff position, playing really well and getting on base. And he's one of the guys you can count on to get up there and get hits.
1: Yeah, he reminds me a little bit of Manny, Manny Machado uh, last year at the beginning of the season when Manny Machado, it felt like he should be hitting 300 because everything he was hitting was like line drives, but then somehow was always in the wrong spot right. or someone will always make a great play against him. Because I know, because Trey Mancini is, uh, is batting two, two, eighty six, but, I mean, he should be batting well over three hundred. He's, he's gotten robbed more this year than any other player on the team. Every ball that comes off his bat is a line drive. It's pretty fun to watch Trey Mancini play.
2: Yeah, and multiple home runs he's had robbed. Already, yeah. I mean, he, they, he just got one tonight, but before that, he was in a drought. You would call it a drought, except it's because he kept getting robbed.
1: Yeah, I know. A drought makes it seem like you're, you're not hitting the ball hard or hitting it deep. Right. But, but yeah, but he is. And, he, and he's fun to watch, too, because he goes up the middle a lot, and then teams will play him up the middle, and he'll go he'll, he'll pull it, and then he'll go opposite field. He just sprays. It's refreshing. He's like the anti-Chris Davis. He doesn't strike out quite as much, and he spreads the ball everywhere. Uh, which is which is fun to see no one can shift on Trey Mancini
2: right no and that's exactly that's what you got to do in 2018 baseball you have to spread the ball around there because of the shift and it's why yeah, I, it's why I, people are leading the charge to try to say ban the shift or whatever because that's I've always been a fan of banning the shift right well yeah Chris Davis would love to ban the shift
1: every Oriole fan should be a fan of banning the shift <laughs> to make it illegal because it, it hurts the Orioles I think more than most
2: it, it does it does but obviously you're not going to ban something like that. So what it is is we're seeing a multi-year players adjust. And it's where you're seeing, you're seeing it in, in uh, L.A. with Trout and you're seeing it in Washington with Bryce where once they get the two strikes, they, they are choking up on that bat and trying to just poke it in and poke it in. And they're, you're seeing the good baseball players adjust to the way they, they are at the plate now. Yeah, a- I don't know how much shifting's
1: going down in the in the minors, but if I'm if I'm a if I'm a, a manager or GM, I'm telling to my lefties, especially my, my lefties, because they tend to tend to shift with lefties more. I'm telling my lefties, like, I'm not even calling you up if 70% of your balls go to the right side of the field. Like if you want to cut caught up to, to the majors, you you gotta be able to hit the ball to all parts of the field, or you're gonna become fall victim of the shift. And I, I wonder if if this will happen, right? If players will adjust in the minors, learn to hit the opposite field. And so, in maybe in five, three or four years, after people have grown up with this shifting, that players will adjust, and the shift will no longer be as uh, as big of a deal as, as it is now.
2: Yeah, I don't. It won't be because as soon as people, it's if you think of anything in in sport, there's always a team that that figures something out, finds a little advantage, and then there's copycats, and everyone's doing it. And then what happens is the, the defense. Or the offense, the other team, decide, figures out how to beat it, and then it's not that big of a deal. If you think in the NFL with the running quarterbacks a few years ago, where every team was starting to put out running quarterbacks and, and uh, follow Cam Newton's footsteps, and then the defenses dealt with it and figured out how to stop it, and then you, you no longer had the big years from RG3 and, uh, and the guy in Seattle and, and Kaepernick. Those guys went away. As far yeah, because either, either they
1: were hurt or because they didn't stand for the pledge. Yeah, that's that's a that, that's good. But for either either way, they're they're, right. they're no longer playing as well. Right, uh, and so they have to do things like play baseball. Versus yeah. Tim Tebow, and I guess Russell Wilson realizes his time is is coming yeah. to an end too, because Russell Wilson's over there playing for the Yankees or something.
2: Right, and and Kaepernick was kind of moved out before he he decided not to stand. He was already moved to a backup.
1: Hey, speaking, you brought up the NFL. Did you hear the? Um, you see this going around on Twitter This made me laugh You know there's the Stormy Daniels character Who's caught up in some drama with Trump I'm not really caught up Are you aware yeah. of this connection to the NFL?
2: I don't know her NFL connection, no
1: Okay, here's Boy. the connection to the NFL This is great The uh, um, I guess they came out Someone threatened her She she came out that someone threatened her and her baby uh, Yes if, if she said
2: I, Yeah, I saw that Someone came up and said uh, That's a really pretty girl It'd be a shame if something happened to her mother Something okay. like that. What a- I saw yeah, it that on the news about today. Right.
1: And so the lawyer and her got together. Her lawyer got together with a sketch artist, and 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 they and they drew a sketch of the guy. And you should look up the 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 sketch because it looks a little bit too much like Mr. Tom Brady. So I'm not saying that Tom Brady was. I just the guy. pulled
2: it up. It's Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, it looks a little bit like Tom Brady right there. So I'm not saying Tom Brady did threaten Storm Stormy Daniels. But I'm also saying that he didn't not threaten Stormy Daniels. There's Tom so Brady. Look at the, yeah, that, that's pretty spot on. It's that's a, a pretty spot on. If you're watching live on Facebook, that's That's Tom Brady. That's so Tom Brady. We all, I think we all we know
2: Brady, Brady's a Trump guy, right?
1: Brady is a Trump guy. The connections here are all over the place. Um, so I, I, I expect Brady to get jail time, and we'll see how this affects the Patriots if – Tom Brady does go good. to jail for threatening Sermon well, it's, it's
2: good. We can finally deal with that Belichick-Brady drama, and it'll just yeah. be settled. I
1: mean, it doesn't surprise anyone, right? Because the Patriots are always at the shady deals. So it doesn't surprise me that Tom Brady deflating footballs, um, doing shady stuff on the field with Lyman running out for passes, and now you have him threatening some some woman and her child. It just it all adds up. So, so you're, saying,
2: you're saying deflated footballs has something to do with with this I'm saying it shows his character, uh, and so someone
1: who's capable of deflating football, uh, deflating a football is someone's also capable of threatening a woman and her child. I'm just saying it all adds up. Okay. All right, all but right. you brought it up because you <laughs> brought the NFL. So for the record, you, right. you brought this discussion. you mentioned an NFL player.:
2: Okay. Uh, you, you excited for RG3 on the Ravens. Did we ever talk? Uh, we never talked about that? Yeah, I
1: do. I like I like if I was a GM, this is what I would do. I would hire big names as backups he's never going to play anyway right so you might as well hire a big name to get everyone to talk, talking about him interest in the team
2: that's been my argument for tim tebow for many years that yeah. why would he, if you bought tim tebow to baltimore everyone would buy a tim tebow jersey yeah yeah that's so. and so you think are they selling rg3 jerseys jer-
1: jerseys i don't People think they're out yet
2: but i guarantee uh maybe do we need to make a, a section 336 rg3 all would sure. you
1: buy an rg3 jersey
2: no no i would not I already have one quarterback that sucks jerseys. I got a Flacco jersey.
1: Yeah. I want to hear Bert's thoughts on this. Uh what 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 did Burt call him? a uh, a baby
2: giraffe. A baby giraffe. Yeah. Because yeah. he could never run the same after the Nada took him out. Yeah. I mean that's the best part about RG3 coming to, to town is that we're gonna to get to see the net Nada highlight all over again.
1: Yeah, it, it's going full circle. We ruined his career and we've reduced him to being a from from being one of the best players in the NFL, we reduced him to being a struggling backup. Who's kind of come back to our team after we destroyed him. It's like just total domination. Let's destroy right. you, watch your end career, go down the toilet, and then to rub salt in the moon, we'll hire you as our backup quarterback. all
2: right so exactly. you know that's I was cool. last week I was listening to uh, Chad Dukes versus the world on Washington 106.7 on on their version of the fan. okay, and, and so Washington sports fans, Redskins fans are excited about r g three coming to the Ravens. You know why? Why? Because I don't know why. Because the Ravens, I guess, play the Redskins for the Hall of Fame game, the preseason week four. Mm-hmm. So, so they're it's excited because that's when they'll get to go up against RG three. Yeah, and and they think that that'll get to show that RG three is a, a horrible quarterback, and they can get their revenge in a preseason game that doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, J- J- Jacob commented in the chat room that this is. Um... This means we won't draft a quarterback in the in the draft. I, I I mean I I think the Ravens could still draft a quarterback in in the draft. I don't think this precludes them from doing it. I think RG three. There there's a, a very distinct possibility that RG three does not make the opening day roster. Right.
2: Yeah. I don't. I, yes. Very good chance he doesn't it doesn't make the opening day roster because it's weird to bring in a guy that doesn't fit in the same game plan as Joe Flacco. And training camp and and preseason, you always
1: have th- at least three three quarterbacks. Right. And so it's not. It wouldn't be unusual to draft somebody and then have rg three, <laughs> um, but if a guy that they don't that they don't like anyone to draft, I guess he is. I don't. I don't
2: think, I think they think draft, the draft a quarter. I don't know how we got it. We got into football talk. Yeah, we got uh, to get away. From I don't. Him, but. I don't think they draft a guy anyway because why would you let your coach who's on the hot seat draft a quarterback? It doesn't make any sense. You 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 figure if this season's a failure, Harbaugh's out and Flacco's out. So you let the new guy come in and draft whoever he wants to be link arms with. Yeah. All right, fine. <laughs> Do you want to get back to some Oriole talk? Yeah, I got a couple of things I want to touch on. All right. Um, all we've covered so far is the offense.
1: All right. So let's – I teased at the beginning we'll also talk about the pitching. All right. So 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 let's talk about the pitching. Right. Um, if you look at starter ERA, we're ranked 26th in baseball at 5.33. <laughs> And that's almost amazing. I saw that. I was like, that's kind of amazing that our ERA for starters is 5.33. Um, because if you look at our at some of the, the, the players on, on the team and their performance in our starters, you have Oz Cobb, who has an ERA of 17. You have Chris Tillman, who has an ERA of about 12. Kevin Gossman well over six. So it was, right. made, it, it was amazing to me, actually, that our ERA was – was in the fives because I thought it'd be for starting pitching because I thought it'd be up in the well, seven, eight, or nines.
2: Yeah. Um, well, Bundy Bundy drags that down. Bundy's at less than two, right? He's at like one and a half.
1: Yeah, Bundy's been one of the best pitchers. I think he's ranked number ten in 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 ERA in baseball. He's he's has one of the top wars in baseball. So um, he's been great. And you're right. He is his his one point four zero, and even Cashner with an ERA of two point five zero. Um, they've been the extremes, right? Like you yeah, have Kester's Bundy Kessner who've been great, and then you've had Gossman and Tillman and Cobb, who've been terrible. And right. so these two, two the, the, these two extremes um, of either great or terrible, but it doesn't matter. Even Bundy, who is he's pitched well, but not well enough to get the wins. Right uh, now he's standing at zero and two, and, and, and so even if your offense d- d- does not perform, it doesn't matter how good your starting pitcher is, because clearly, because Bunny's own too because he's got no run support.
2: Right. And we saw that last week where what was it, three or four quality starts rolled together without like with only one win out of them or something?
1: Yeah. And I would even argue those three or four quality starts, that's almost a bigger story at the beginning of the season because we've had play, we we've, we've played some tough games with some good hitting teams. And we've always said if our pitching comes around, we'll be fine. And so that was really right. encouraging. And if you look at, are kind of the the standings and the records of who of who we played this year so far we've played six home games 10 road games. the opponent's records of, of who we played so far have been 47 and 25 47 yeah. and 25 so is very our good. opponent's records great teams a uh, uh, four out of five of the teams we played so far have been, were in the playoffs l- last year and so things will get schedule wise will get easier and if Kaschner is for real, because all the nerds told me Kashner sucked, so I don't know what to believe. Because all the nerds said Kashner sucked and he could never do what he did last year. But so far, he's he's, he's okay. doing it. Yeah, he had and a if rough, Dylan,
2: rough first. He had his first start was rough. And, and if Dylan Bundy,
1: and if Dylan Bundy's an ace, which is great on two accounts. First, uh, it's great because he's we now have a great pitcher to, to lead off a rotation, and it's great. Secondly, because I don't have to hear Oriole fans say over and over again, we haven't had an ace since Mike Messina. Uh, And so we can get rid of that notion if Dylan Bundy. I thought going into the season, Oz Cobb was the best pitcher on this team. But based on how uh, Dylan Bundy has been pitching this year, um, I I think maybe Dylan Bundy might actually be better than Oz Cobb. And this is exciting, not just for this year, but all our pitchers save the bad ones like Chris Tillman are under contract for for next year. So this is exciting both this year and going forward if their pitching is legit. Assuming Kevin Gossman can pitch a little better because he's been inconsistent, and assuming Bundy can keep up with this, and assuming Cobb—I'm assuming what Cobb did in his last start was was an apparition—and yes. it won't it won't happen. I mean, it's it's like spring training for him. I mean, we didn't give Dylan, Dylan Bundy a hard time when he sucked in spring training this year, and the regular season starts and he's great. So give Cobb one more start, and then the starter for that, I think we'd ex- expect uh, Alex Cobb to start being the Alex Cobb we we that we signed up for.
2: Yeah, I agree, and that's what's that's what's like you were saying. That's what is exciting for the future is because this year we've got the question mark is in that fifth slot, the Chris Tillman slot, currently. That might be a Mike Wright slot down the road, or a or a Richard Blair spot, whatever. Whoever's going to take in that fifth slot. What gets interesting is when you come June time, June July. That fifth spot is Hunter Harvey, and they're going and Hunter Harvey comes up, and next year. Next year, we already know now what our five-man rotation is for next year, and it's not a scary rotation. It's not the Calvary. It's guys that we can trust. So that's that's cool, and that's exciting. Um, We really thought this – and that's where it really gets concerning on how dead this offense is.
1: All right. Well, can we talk about Chris Tillman for a second?
2: Yeah. It was
1: just – it was announced that Chris Tillman's going to start the game on Saturday. He's gonna start. He's gonna would, have a certain Saturday?
2: Yeah, which is weird because he's also in the pen tonight. Yeah, so
1: as an as a mercy guy.
2: Right. I, I read this quote. I read the I read um, on on uh,
1: Steve Maleski's blog. He, he wrote about Chris Tillman and put some quotes in there. I almost fell off my chair when I read the quote from Buck Showalter about um, Chris Tillman. I guess T- Chris Tillman threw a bullpen the other day. Yeah. I guess just to keep his arm loose, he threw a bullpen. And, and um, Buck's quote after watching Chris Tillman throw the bullpen was, he was good today, really good. If I hear <laughs> one more time, they talk about Chris Tillman's bullpen, right. I'm going to lose my mind. I was right about Chris Tillman the whole time. Everyone kept on telling me, oh, he was hurt last year. Oh, he's having such good bullpens in the spring. I said, guys, don't believe a word of it until he pitches in a game. And we've seen him pitch in how many games? It's, I feel like we watched him 10 times. What, has been two or three games this year? I think he's had three starts. And each start has been has been almost worse than the one before, which you think just when he can't be any worse, he ends up being even worse. How Chris Tillman has another start and is getting another start honestly blows my mind. It blows my mind. But on Saturday, I'm not going to be watching it. I'm not going to be watching it. I understood why Ubaldo Jimenez started all those games. Oboto Menez kept on starting games even when he sucked and then moved to the bullpen even when he sucked. But there's two reasons for it. One, Oboto Menes was making a lot of money and, and, and was under contract for a lot of money. Two, Oboto Menez showed that he could go on a streak of four or five games where he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. And then he would suck again, but then he would go on the streak of three or four or five games when he was really, really good. Um, and the, well, actually, the third reason is our other starters were guys like Wade Miley who also sucked. So we had a sucky full of full, full of starters. Right. This year we have none of those excuses. We don't have a rotation full of sucky pitchers. Uh, Chris Tillman is not under a big contract; he can be cut at any time. And Chris Tillman has not shown anything in in, in this year or last year that he can go on a streak of of one and be effective. I mean, has, has he had any effective starts since like the first game of last year? I, I don't think he has. And so all those three reasons lead me to believe this guy should not should no longer be on the Major League team. I mean, how many chances do you give a guy? This is what I was talking about the same thing with why is Chris Davis starting this game when he should be on the bench? And why is uh, Buck Showalter being so loyal to Chris Tillman? I get that Chris Tillman was good for us for a long time. But I mean, come on. The guy just can't pitch anymore. He shouldn't be pitching for the Orioles. There's no reason why he should be starting on Saturday or ever again this entire season. All right.
2: How about how about the fact that he had? I'm going to defend. I'm going to defend Chris Tillman a little bit. Oh, good luck. And it's yeah. It's not just because the other options, Mike Wright Jr. But all right. So Chris Tillman has had three starts. His first start, he went four innings, gave up four runs. Second start, he went five point one innings, gave up five runs. His third start, he went two innings, he gave up six runs. So, all right. I know I said I'm going to defend them. Those were all defend horrible that, Josh, starts. Defend, defend that. You can't. I'm so just laying that out to say, all right, we all knew April was tough. So he Tillman has pitched against uh, Houston, New York, and Boston. Those are only the three top teams in Major League Baseball. Those are only the three teams who are locks to get into the playoffs this year. Uh, so I, that's my my argument is is he has played – he has he's pitched and he's he sucked. And I in his second start, I remember five innings, he looked good. That point one is where he fell apart and let up three four three runs, I think. So uh, my only defense for Chris Tillman is let's give him another start on Saturday against the Indians. Um, then he'd be lined up again for Tampa Bay, and then he would be lined up for uh, the angels. Well, that doesn't work. The angels don't work. That won't work. But let's see what he does against Cleveland and Tampa Bay, um, and see how it goes. I understand. I I I would rather give Chris Tillman two more starts and get through April with Chris Tillman than Mike Wright Jr.
1: Okay. A couple of things. Let's see how it goes with Chris Tillman. We've seen how it goes for for a year and some. I don't want to. See, I know how it goes. We're not seeing how it goes. Where we know how it goes. Well, so well, give me an alternative. What else? Yeah, do and you here's the, the other thing that really pisses me off. People are laying it out like there's two options, either or. This is wrong. They're acting like it's either Chris
2: Tillman or it's Mike Wright. Those All are right. your only two options. Without that's pull, that's bullcrap. Without hurting your bullpen, what do you do?
1: Without hurting your bullpen, I'll give you. I'll give you four guys. I would rather watch start Jeffrey Ramirez. I would rather right. watch him start. That, than I would watch Mike Ryder, Chris Tillman starting another game. I'd rather watch David Hess, who was caught up here for a cup of coffee the other day. I'd rather watch David Hess pitch than, 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 than watch uh, Chris Tillman pitch again. And those, to, both those guys, by the way, are on the 40-man roster and start at AAA Norfolk and can come up any day. And they've been effective at AAA Norfolk and can come up any time and start. I'd rather watch, um, and these guys aren't the 40-man, but I'd rather watch John Means, who, who, pitched, full, who pitched a full year at Bowie last year, I'd rather watch John Means pitch than Chris Tillman. I'd rather watch – oh, here's another guy from Norfolk. Uh, I'd rather watch Jason Aquino, who's not in the 40-man either. But I'd rather watch Jason Aquino struggle than watch Chris Tillman struggle because all those pitchers will probably struggle as the fifth starter and will probably struggle for the Orioles until we find an answer there. But they would all be – they would struggle no worse than Chris Tillman. And they could only be better. I don't think they could be worse than Chris Tillman because Chris Tillman has been as bad as can be. So I'd rather see any of those guys – Jeffrey Ramirez, David Hess, John Means, Jason Aquino—any of those guys start over uh, you, Chris Thomas?
2: You intrigued me with David Hess, so I looked up to see if he's stretched out as a starter. What can he be? He's—he's uh, he's only pitched five innings so far this uh, this season. I don't think you're going to pull him up into the majors and say, "Give me six. Sure, you can,
1: Josh, they, they, because they played like ten games at Norfolk. All right, that—that's why. And one of the games, he was called up. He's a starter. So it's not about stretch. He he can be he
2: can gum up any okay. any
1: time and pitch six innings.
2: Okay, um, I'm also not at uh, you know what. If the other four pitchers step it up, then the fifth slot's not as big of a concern. Uh, by the way, David Hess last year yeah. pitched 154
1: innings. All right, so the man can, can, how, can many, start how many how many
2: games? Pitch. How many starts? 156.
1: 154 innings over 26 starts.
2: Uh, that's a complicated math. I can, I gotta use the phone for that one.
1: I mean, I'm just saying that the guy, can get, the guy, I don't know if I'll not give him ten runs, six innings, but the guy can throw 100 pitches.
2: Yeah, I think that's six. If I, that's like six, six uh, a a game, so that's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's acceptable.
1: Yeah, we're not talking about relievers here. All those Jeffrey Mears, David Hess, John I means Jason Kino are all starters who can pitch starter innings, and I'd rather see them pitch, even if they're not quite ready. I'd rather watch them pitch or not quite good good enough, like Jason Aquino, I'd rather watch them pitch than watch Chris Tillman pitch again. I'm because
2: you've given up on Chris Tillman, so you'd rather ha- yes. try anything is what
1: you're saying. Yes. It's time to move on. Like, right. How many chances does a guy get? He, I don't know how Chris Tillman started so many games last year. I mean, how many chances? Seriously, though, how many chances does a guy get? And Chris Tillman, in my mind, has, has run out of chances about uh, six months ago.
2: I guess I can understand that. I can see that argument, um, but then my but then my my again the other point would be, why did the Orioles resign Chris Tillman then? That, what did they see in this offseason? What did Brady see to go that he wanted to do this? What did they see in spring training to slot him in? Like they keep seeing he, something. He's really good at bullpen sessions, but the problem is the team gets no wins
1: from having good bullpens. And, and also, it was a one-year deal, and it was hardly any money. How much did he sign for? It was like all incentive-based.
2: I think it was $3 million, Three million.
1: Okay, and the rest was incentives. So it, it cost you hardly any money, and, it's, and you needed a fifth starter. So I don't knock them for trying it. And if you want to give them, I guess if you want to give them one more start, I guess so. But, but I mean, at some point, you gotta, you got to draw the line. Because who, who he's starting against uh, Cleveland. Is that the team? Yeah, he's starting against the uh, Indians. On, uh, yeah, at the Indians. Four o'clock game. It's at home? Yes. Okay, so here's the situation. Home game, Indians. The, the, there's only one team in all of baseball that has the worst batting average than the Orioles. They are the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland Indians have the worst batting average in all of baseball this year.
2: Oh, great. So, we can, home. so we can So we can get excited for Chris Tillman. So
1: all your excuses, yeah, about why Chris Tillman struggled, all those got the window on Saturday, and this is it. Um, and if he struggles, if he struggles on Saturday, uh, there's there's no reason that boy should ever start another game for us. Well, we'll see. I, I was- At some point, you got to cut the tie and say, okay, we tried it, we made a mistake. They 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 did it with Kobe Rasmus. Uh, they said, okay, this isn't working out. Let's hide him in the DL for a while and 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 move on. At some point, you got to say, we're trying to win now, and I don't want to panic yet. But we are gone off to a rocky start, and something has to change. And one of the things that can easily change is Chris Tillman can stop starting games.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. I'm fine. You can you you got me. Let's see what Tillman does though. I'm still gonna hold out, and I don't know. Maybe maybe the goal is to to stretch Hunter Harvey out for May instead of instead of June July. I haven't I. I know he's pitched one – started one game so far.
1: He pitched, I think, two innings. Yeah. I don't understand either. This is just things that I find weird about baseball. I don't understand. He is on – I don't understand why players are on innings limits. Like they did this with um, – they, they, they do this with, with pitchers to keep their innings down. Like uh, Hunter only pitched two innings. And I think next time they're planning on only having him pitch three innings. And I don't understand why people go on innings limits. What would make more sense to me – if you kept track of how many pitches you have per year. Because that's what really matters. Who cares how many innings you pitched in? It's all about the pitches you've thrown. So I think I would like to see – I don't don't know why in baseball we do innings limits when we should do pitch limits. Because innings could mean, as we can see from the Orioles, five innings for an Orioles pitcher is like 120 pitches. Five innings for someone pitching against the Orioles is like 60 pitches. And those are two very different things. So I I think they should – that's just a little side note it has nothing to do with this really discussion about Hunter Harvey, but I think they should limit pitches, not innings. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't that know makes Hunter, sense. Yeah I don't know if Hunter Harvey, um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him, and if we continue to get no production from our fifth starter, at what point does the pressure build to want to call Hunter Harvey up? I mean, they said he looked. he's throwing a 97 down at Billie. Right, he he looks right. really good. yeah So at what point does that pressure build? I think, you know, wait till next year with, with, with Hunter Harvey. But at what point does that pressure build where you feel like you have to do something? Um, and I hope I hope something, yeah, whether it's Jeffrey Ramirez or Mike Wright or Chris Tillman could shock me and actually be okay. But I, I hope something that, like that happens because that would lessen the pressure to do something foolish and push up uh, yes. Hunter Harvey before he's ready.
2: Yeah, I think if we have to pull someone from our pen like Castro or Blair – to be the fifth starter, that that's going to leave a hole in the pen. That's going to be really tempting to put Harvey in and say, "Well, he's got to pitch three innings each week anyway. Let's let him pitch him in the big leagues."
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, we got some action the action in the chat room. I saw you. Uh, in the you can watch this every Monday at seven thirty. Though today is Tuesday at eight thirty. Yeah,
2: I'm trying to keep an eye on it. Normally Burt does that.
1: Yeah. Um, I saw that it says some people were, were just asking about Loop League, uh, and and they were a quick sponsor, and then we've yeah. kind of no. we've gone a separate race. And you and you commented that they were just here for March Madness. Yeah, uh,
2: Loop League was very that was very successful. Uh, Loop League was very happy with us. If you really want to get into it, we were really happy with Loop League. We like Loop League a lot. I think the guys in the chat room just want me to say Loop League, so I'm trying to see how many times I can say Loop League. But, but uh, there's no
1: Ka-Ching anymore with loop league, so I don't no, care how many times you say there, it. There's
2: exactly no there's no Ka-Ching right now, but uh, so they're going to be back. It's just we did it for March Madness. We had a really good loop league contest. Uh, someone won some tickets to Night at the Yard, which we need <laughs> need to. Uh, we keep forgetting to promote. So Night at the Yard is Hawaiian Shirt Night in June. You can go get your tickets on section What dot com. When is
1: that? Do you know that the June date? I did.
2: It is it is June thirtieth. It's a Saturday night. Oh my gosh, this is exciting! Chris Tillman will be pitching. Do,
1: do, do, do you know what I did? Um, I, I did the other day because I am I am all on board. There has never been, I'm trying to think of, you know, like like when we were kids, right? When the Orioles were playing Seattle, like that was tickets. I mean, we wanted to go see Ken it, Griffey Junior.
2: play. Yeah, Griffey, and then eventually Ichiro after him. There's all yeah, the but Griff- I mean, Ichiro didn't get me but no, excited. But yeah, Ken Griffey, Griffey Jr. was the guy. He was the man. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I felt like – I feel like that less and less. But, um, like, interleague play is kind of cool. Like, I really want to see – I really enjoy seeing Bryce Harper in person and watching Bryce Harper
2: play. Right. What do you think the chances are? That I know where you're going. What's the chance you think that this is who we get to see? I don't
1: remember ever being as excited to see an opponent play, to see another team's player play – as I am to see Shoei Otani play baseball. Yeah. And I hope he's playing, whether it's DHing or hitting, I mean, or DHing or, or pitching, I hope he's playing on Saturday because that's, I was, whether we had the yard tickets or whether we didn't even have tickets for the Angels, I was going, and if Shoei Otani is pitching any one of those games, I'm dropping whatever I'm doing and I'm seeing Shoei Otani pitch. Right. Uh, because he is, I mean, that's an incredible story about this 23 year old. And this is something that everyone said the Babe Ruth. And then you watch him in spring training and Show Itani struggled and you're like, here we go again. Everyone with the hyperbole uh the next baby earth. Then he really But it turns out this kid's actually as good as advertised. This kid's an absolute stud. And I can't I always check ESPN to see if the Angels are ever playing. Cause I'll stay I'll stay up till ten o'clock to watch Shohei Ohtani play. would, would it be uh,
2: awkward if we made some Otani shirts for Night at the Yard?
1: Well, I I tell you what, that's a guy, and he seems to be easy to like. He seems to be a a good guy and he's just oh my my goodness, I mean, a pitcher and a hitter. It's incredible to watch. It's incredible. I he's he's so exciting, and that's that's I mean, I circled that on my calendar. I immediately watched after watching some showy highlights, like I immediately went and looked up and saw when the Angels were coming to Camden Yards. Yeah, and I love that starting the yards. But that's a game I will be going to either way. Uh because that's I, I, I don't remember last time I was this excited to see another. Player for another team play the Orioles.
2: Yeah, it's night at the yard. Otani's coming to town. Trout's coming to town. And it's Hawaiian shirt night. So the yard's going to be packed. It's going to be sellout crowd. Yeah. um Let's just hope the Orioles play well that day because they generally have not played well on night at the yards. Yeah. But it, yeah, but I know. it does. But
1: we've, seen, we've seen some tough losses on night at the yards.
2: But it does. It's setting up itself to be like one of those games we had a few years ago with the statue games. Where it was midsummer and the the stadium was rocking and everything, it's setting itself up that it could be an exciting night.
1: Yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, the I, Orioles got to win
2: some games, and we still care in June. The way, well, the short it's, it's sure not playing. i
1: don't care if we win or not—but you're you're right. We have to win. We have to win some some more ball games. Right. Um, uh, I don't know if we. What was the record this past week? Do You want to update? I don't know because we gave predictions of where we thought the Orioles would stand. Yeah, did so, you write that on our, on your whiteboard?
2: Yeah, I've got it right here. I'm um, just looking at where the Orioles actually are right now. The uh, the Orioles before uh, Monday night before Monday night's game they are five and eleven. So if we check, oh, uh, this
1: might be thrown off a little bit because we had a rainout.
2: Right, we had a rainout.
1: So there's one less game.
2: Right. Right. I've never
1: saw so many people grateful for a rainout. The players were grateful. The managers are grateful. Or even Oriole fans were like, yeah, we could use a break. And Oriole fans never say that. Like, we love everyday. I love everyday baseball, right? Right. But I, I was with them. I was like, all right, I'm okay. We can take a day off. I'm okay with a day well, off.
2: part of it was that it was Boston Day and it was an 11 a.m. game anyway. Seven yeah. seven p.m. Monday so who, night. Who I missed the Orioles.
1: 11 a, 11 a, a. Game.
2: I could have because I took to yesterday. I spent a few days sick, so I, yesterday yeah. would have been a great day to watch a be, eleven a.m. baseball game. So you I' gonna say tomorrow. Isn't tomorrow a day game now too? You're gonna take yeah, tomorrow so tomorrow's five. a day game. I guess is it snow that's coming into town in Detroit? Yeah, bad weather. So yeah, tomorrow they moved it from six forty, which I thought was a weird start time anyway. To now, like you think all the
1: games, all the teams up north should have roofs on their on their stadiums?
2: I. What what happened? Why did, is this global warming? Is this what this is? Like yeah, but, we, but we, everything base, I said, it's, the,
1: it's another ice
2: age. Forget
1: about global warming. I mean, right.
2: I mean baseball is in April every year, and no. I, I don't remember this. I don't remember guys in hoodies. I don't remember snow games. I remember going to an opening day many years ago where there were some flurries, but it was nothing like this. This is crazy. And people keep. I see people keep on Twitter, people complaining. This is
1: what you signed up for, MLB, with this schedule. But this is how they schedule every year. It's not right. different from
2: previous years. Yeah. It's just
1: this year the the weather has been funky.
2: Yeah, funky. Yeah. And did you see the that the speaking of domes? Did you see that Toronto still had yeah. to cancel a game because of weather, even with their dome?
1: Yeah, had an issue with
2: leakage. A big no. Uh, with, they had an issue with a big chunk of ice fell and ripped through the top of the Sky dome. Yeah, causing water to leak onto the stadium. Yeah. Onto the field. Yeah, yeah, big hole in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. big hole.
2: Uh, um, Bert's not here
1: for his snowflake of the week segment. <laughs> I mean, Strawberry. He,
2: he he stole that segment from you, didn't he? Yeah, he did. That he was did. your segment. Um, I did not see any players this week to nominate. Did, uh, any- Anthony Rizzo went to
1: the 10-day DL. Did you see why Anthony Rizzo went to the 10-day DL for the Cubs? He no. said he was. Uh, he complained about the mattress in the hotel in Cincinnati. So they had a bad sleeping experience on the mattress. Bad mattress. He said he he should have slept on the floor, but uh, the mattress sleeping incident contributed to a ten day DL stint for Anthony Rizzo. I thought that was a pretty. They get hurt by sleeping on a mattress, and you know this is the, this is M- major league baseball player sleeping hotel. This is not like the Motel Six. I don't know. Is that a bad hotel? This is not the what's a bad motel? Somewhat. This is not the Roach Motel. This is a nice hotel he's staying at.
2: Nights and Inn. He's complaining about I, his, his I sleeping s- experience. I stayed at a Nights Inn this weekend. It was yeah, that, That's a, horrible that, that was a horrible. that was oh, a horrible. That was horrible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's you sleeping with the cockroaches there. Right. But but with the oh that's where we also stayed in for spring training when you're it is yeah bad hotels yes. Um. But I thought that was a bit of a strawberry move, complaining about the – uh, but going on the 10-day DL because of a bad mattress. But, again, I don't know if it's Strawberry All-Star, Strawberry Star,
2: Straw Star, No, worthy. What it is, no, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not worthy. It's not here. Right. What it is, is it's something that I'm shocked that Jim Palmer's not not bringing this up more when he's in the, the booth about with the Orioles in the hoodies and the other players all dressed and bundled up about talking about how baseball used to be and how the baseball players used to be real men. And now there's all these millennials in, in playing baseball.
1: Yeah, it's
2: true. So it's it's true. Uh, we got a little distracted and we didn't give our updates of our picks from last week. Yeah. So for, Orioles are five and eleven. Yeah. I have because of the rainout. How out, many wins did they get? Uh, one. One win. I don't remember where they were last week. I think they got one or two, two or one. Um, because of the rainout. I have removed one win from all of our predictions assuming we would have won that rain out. so that's, that, f- that's a fair assumption yeah exactly yeah so that means that Matt this week you said the Orioles would be at 5 and 11 yep so you win this week Bert said 6 yep. and 10 I said 7 and 9 it so, pays to be pessimistic yeah so I won week 1 you won week 2 the Orioles are 5 and 11 as we record and we have let's see where are we at? Uh, one. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so that shifts everything as well. We have six games. Oh, so
1: not game even matter, right? Because we would uh, – did we count Monday's game
2: when we were doing that? No, no, it doesn't because Monday would have counted into this week. But I think yeah. we had – did we have another rain out or something? Or maybe well, no, maybe you know we were counting Monday because it, it was a day 11. game. I don't know. Yeah, because it was a day game we were. So we have six games. What's this, who are Who we playing this? We're playing Detroit right now. It's a three game series, right? Huh? Yeah, it's a three game series. Three in Detroit, four in Cleveland, but only three of them count. So three. And for the three Detroit, three Cleveland.
1: And for the record, Detroit right now is standing at a record of four and nine. The so Detroit hasn't been very good either.
2: Right, and Cleveland's
1: we're... been a little better, eight and six. We know Cleveland's a, a good team. Oh. Uh, they're they're one of the best teams in baseball. So, but Detroit's not good. Well, Detroit's that... in total rebuild mode.
2: I thought you told me Cleveland's got the worst offense,
1: yeah, Cleveland has had a really bad off, but their, their starting pitching has been fantastic okay but, but but their offense has struggled this year all
2: right, and and we are counting tonight's game, which is in the top of the eighth as we're recording right now All right. so um currently at five and eleven, I am gonna. Uh... Six games. I'm gonna be positive and I'm going to go with uh nine and thirteen. I'm gonna say we turn this thing around.
1: Nine
2: and thirteen. Yeah, that's that's four wins. I'm giving them four wins. Okay. Four 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 out of six. Four out of six. Yeah. Turn it turning yeah. this around.
1: All right. You know, I mean, this is interesting. I was looking at this. I was looking at Cleveland's schedule before they play us. Right, they play on oh, Saturday. They play Toronto, and it was canceled because of the whole incident. Right, Sunday their game was canceled too. Then Monday they had an off day. Then they played Tuesday, Wednesday. Then Thursday they have another off day. So between Saturday and playing us on Friday, they would have only actually played in, or since Friday in, in a week from Friday to playing us on Friday, they would have
2: only have played two games That's in a weird. week. Well, like isn't that weird? Yeah, but Detroit. Tonight we're playing Detroit on Monday night on Tuesday, and the last time Detroit played was Friday. They haven't played yeah. since Friday, so it's it's, it's it's some weird stuff going it's weird. on out there. Yeah, yeah. So Cleveland's gonna have
1: everyone rested. They can start wherever they they want to start. Oh, and and that's fun too because they're playing. This is interesting too. Just all kind of fun facts here with Cleveland. They have off Monday and Thursday. That's twice in a week. You say why does the the, the Indians have off two off days in one week? It's scheduled well, be, that way. Yeah, because and the reason is then they play a two game series versus the Twins, but the two game series is in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Oh, that's right. They're down there.
2: Correct. Yeah. yeah. Is that game televised? I gotta check out that, that I game assume in San Juan. I would imagine it's on the MLB network. I don't get that. All right. Um, so I'm
1: saying I'm saying in the six games, I'll say the Orioles are playing the Indians. We're gonna take I think we're gonna take two out of three from the Indians and maybe steal one from I'm sorry, two out of three from the Tigers and steal one from the Indians. So I'm going three and three. Uh, I'll give them three and three for this week.
2: That's pretty positive. So you're looking yeah. at an eight and 12 next week. Uh, yeah, I am uh, I was hoping maybe they could squeak out this game, but I'm so tired of, I mean, Oriole Pitching has held Detroit tonight to three runs, and it's so irritating when this lineup, all off offseason we talk about, well, this lineup gets six runs, we'll be okay. Like, this this lineup can get the runs. Our bullpen will be okay. Uh, A lot of talk about the cold weather. In all this, we haven't talked about the cold weather as an excuse for the bats. You think it's an excuse?
1: Well, I said, I mean, I mentioned top of the show. I think all this gear they're wearing inhibits them from from hitting well. I really do. I think they're wearing way too much stuff. And so I think the cold weather affects that. And I I think maybe um, they're less patient at the plate because they're so cold. I think that also could be a factor, but it's like, but all of a sudden, Boston can can score and uh, can score ten runs in the cold, but we can't score runs in the cold. I mean, it's like if if every game was one nothing, I would I would buy your argument, but I mean the other team scoring runs, so I don't buy your argument.
2: Yeah, I don't buy it either because both teams are playing in it. Yeah, I
1: mean if you look at Boston, they scored seven runs one day, ten the other game, so they're scored if they're scoring seven and. The cold's no problem for them, so I, I get that. I think our offense will get better when it gets warmer. That's probably right, true.
2: That's when the long ball flies, and and when you see how many balls we keep, we've hit to like the uh uh what I'm blanking to the warning to track. the warning track, the warning track. I wanted to say that, end that zone. That pile of dirt, that that are, yeah. We've been hitting balls to the warning track, and I get it. You wait till June, and those balls will go an extra five feet and get over that fence. But I really want to win some games now. These games matter just as much as the games in June. And it's true that the the cold weather and the mm-hmm.
1: wind, like that, was a big factor at uh, with Boston. The balls weren't flying at all, right. and that might affect us more than other teams because our team is so reliant on the long ball. Like we're not springing together five hits right. to score runs. Like we're relying on long ball. So maybe the cold weather um, and the ball not traveling does a factor into, into does affect us more than other teams. But uh, I mean, you, you just got to score runs. You got to figure it out.
2: All right. So, anything positive we're taking away from this week?
1: Well, we've already talked about a lot of positive things. We right. talked about Dil- 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 Dylan Bundy looks amazing, amazing.
2: Right. So uh, but- this is
1: if he is actually this good, this is a game changer uh, for this year going forward. If Dylan Bundy is as
2: good as this, that's huge. And Trey Mancini's been good. Dylan right. Bundy,
1: Trey Mancini, oh my good.
2: Yep. And the bullpen's been fine. Yeah. You
1: have no thoughts on Manny Machado at shortstop?
2: Oh, do you really want to get into that? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I mean, I, I I, didn't like the move in, when it was announced in the offseason. I don't like the idea of when the guy's here for only this year of letting him play shortstop when we were perfectly fine and set up with him at third base. So, yeah, I hate the move. It's a selfish move. It's a millennial move. He should be on our straw stars as a permanent fixture. But that's more of my frustrations with Manny Machado, and I hate letting one player dictate Your team. Yeah, I'm at the
1: opposite of the fence. I think think, uh, the best – I'm old school in that the best player plays shortstop. That's how it usually works. Right. uh, Because they get the most balls hit to them and they're cut out and all this stuff. There's a reason every high school stud is a shortstop. And so I'm I'm okay with our best player playing shortstop. And I also think that that millennial move you're talking about – and I I think that there's truth here that players – you see this happen in the NBA all the time – uh, but I think you should have more in baseball. That oh, players, oh, so it's LeBron move. Yeah, that that players control should control their destiny. And if you want to keep Manny Machado, and you want to keep him happy to perform his best. You let your best player play where he wants to play. I say if Manny Machado wants to play left field, you let him play left field. And I and I know that's that's kind of that's the new way of thinking. I, A lot of people are old school and want to say you know it's the coach's way or the, or the highway. But but you want players to be happy and perform to, to their best. If this makes Manny Machado more invested in the team, then I say go for it and put him at shortstop. Is there a is, shortstop.
2: is there any chance Manny Machado signs an extension for, in Baltimore? I think it's very small. Okay. But
1: any sure, but very small.
2: All right. That would be my reason for not caring about Manny whether or not Manny's happy. Unless I somehow think.
1: But 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 what if this helps him play better this year?
2: Yeah, that's great. That's great if it helps him play better, but is it hurting your team overall? Is it a wash?
1: And I, I don't think I don't. I mean, I don't think you make judgments about players playing new defensive positions sixteen games in. Right? That's ridiculous. Right. This is a long season. Players are going to struggle playing a new position. This is anyone who's surprised by this, like wake up. You're playing a new position. They're going to have a couple struggles. Right. Ask me about this in July. Ask me about this, and if it's still a problem in July, then we can have this conversation. But as far as concerns for the Orioles and why we're off to a rough start, Manny Plains shortstop is about number 25 on my list of concerns I have.
2: Right. If, if, if the Orioles were hitting the ball and scoring, then it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It's, it's frustrations as, as Oriole fans, and, and so many frustrations this season to start out. And that, then that's the other problem is it's the beginning of the season. We don't yeah. have this foundation of, of wins to, to rely on. We're
1: sixteen games then We got a ways to go yet.
2: Yep. And hey, what do you know? It's uh, bottom eight. Man on. Man on. And who's up at the plate? But Chris Davis.
1: Uh, I bet he strikes out here too.
2: Call it strike three. Typical Davis move.
1: Who saw that coming?
2: <laughs> um, but no, this
1: is good. This means he won't. This is the bottom of the eighth or top of the eighth. So he won't this bat in the ninth. He won't bat in the ninth. This is actually good. Right. Watch uh, the always figure out a way to happen in the ninth. Right, or they're to
2: x innings just so that just so yeah, Davis yeah. can blow it. Some kind of rule. Chris
1: Davis has to make the last out in the loss. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this has been a a, a good show. Uh, yeah. We survived a whole show without this zany one. Burt Brody. I was going to say. Hopefully,
2: did we even mention that Burt didn't show up tonight?
1: Oh yeah, Bert's not here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's been but, he's been quiet. He's been thinking. We've been doing an interview this whole time.
1: Yeah, Bert's actually been here the entire time. He's just had nothing to add. So he's right. just
2: sat
1: here quiet. Uh, we actually turned off his mic. He's been chiming in every now and then. But we, we turned off his mic. Um, but no, this whole thing. And, and Bert looks like a, uh, a slacker by not show, showing up. But really, this is all Josh's fault. Because Bert was good to go on Monday. But Josh yes. had, had an illness.
2: Yeah, I and the not... show really
1: doesn't really work without Josh. So um, I... so yeah, so Bert's not here because we're off schedule.
2: Yeah, I could not speak yesterday. And could not get out of bed yesterday. So, unless I wanted all three of you guys in bed with me, and and, and I'm like, it was not going to work. I would have been coughing nonstop. It was not good. Today, uh, today's going much better. If you're if you're still sick
1: when the when the Orioles come back home, can you go ahead and cough on Chris Davis for a little bit for me? Maybe get Chris Davis sick so he can go on the tender DL.
2: I'll try to get through that net and get up to the players. Yeah. Uh, but oh I- yeah. Does
1: the germs and saliva make it past the nets? How thick are those
2: nets? I don't know, uh, but I do like that you're giving me credit that the show doesn't happen without me. So well, it's
1: you. not. Yeah, that, I, I just meant like you know how to hit a couple of buttons, okay? So don't, <laughs> right. so don't make it act like I need your insight right. here. You just know how to hit a couple of red buttons to start the show and end nah. the show, and, and intro and outro music. That's the only reason you're here. Right,
2: and the, and the record and the post to Facebook and, and I don't know
1: all that's evolved, but you don't need to bother me with that now. <laughs> exactly. You just do your thing. All right, well, that's it. Did did you play the outro music? Did I hear that in the background?
2: Yeah, it's playing now for the second time.
1: I can't hear the outro music at all.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. I must not have it go into your headphones. It just finished up for the second time.
1: All right. Uh, Well, make sure you write us a review on iTunes. Hopefully, there was no audio issues this time. Make sure you um, check out our Instagram page, at Section 336 Show. Check it out on Twitter. So when we do late changes like this on when our show is coming out, you can follow – you can find out about it on Twitter at Section336Show. You also can like our Facebook page, which will remind you that we have a video coming out almost every Monday or a Tuesday occasionally. Um, Yeah, so that's it. Follow us on on all those things. And you can follow me on Twitter at Section336. And you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly.
0: He has a thing for mustaches. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? Not just bikes. We also make a rower. Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.